welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Well, we should probably jump. We should probably get yeah. into it at some point. But all right, let's do it right now. Yeah. Hello, retro movie lovers. Welcome back to the movie graveyard. We have another movie that is destined for the lowest downloads possible. <laughs> Bat, when I picked this movie a week ago, Bat warned me. Oh, I looked at the download numbers. They're not going so hot because the movies we've been picking lately. And I said, Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and let's 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 uh, throw it even deeper into the sewer of download numbers. But um. Well, I talked but, to you about this. What, I, it was when we first did Buffalo 66, and we are like, oh, yeah, Palookaville. And I hadn't seen it since, like, I'm, I'm guessing that what I seen it was, like, probably in 98 on, like, Sundance or IFC yeah. or something. And maybe that's why it was on there, because Buffalo 66 was doing so well, and they're like, Vincent Gallo. Yeah. So uh, they played it, and I was, like, just, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember liking that. And then um, and then you bought the you bought the DVD, yeah. and... Um, and then, you know, I kind of felt obligated, and, like, I think you forgot about it, and I kept just saying, like, the yeah. la- last time, we were, I was like, we could do Palookaville, and you're like, no, fuck that, we're gonna do the, what did yeah. we do last time? I can't remember. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> it was, like, a month ago. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> my so, memory's so, I, it's not that I don't care, dude, my memory's well, so you, bad now. Well, you've done a, you've done a few, uh, you've done a few, too, you do some stuff with, like, Boo, you'll do, like, one with Boo, and yeah, then you'll do one. Yeah, I remember the last one we Suburbia. did was Kansas. Suburbia, Suburbia, that's what, that's what it was. Suburbia. I said to look at my notes. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, yeah, well, you know, Suburbia. Suburbia burning up the charts. Yeah, well, you were like, yeah, Suburbia, and I'm like, oh, let's, let's do Palookaville, and you're like, no, fuck that. But I think the whole thing was, like, you jumped on it because you were like, oh, wait, no, baby, uh, I don't think I'll ever find anybody else to do this one with me, and yeah. Boo is, like, bored by it, and I don't think yeah. Zach's into it, so, like, I, I'll have to do this one solo if we don't do it now, and, uh, but I love Suburbia, I don't, I can't I say too. I love Palookaville, like, so I watched it again, I hadn't seen it since, like, probably 98. Uh, I haven't seen it since the theater, baby, we hit a, a repertory 95? Theater. It was. It, I'm. I'm guessing it's probably a year later because it was yeah. at a repertory theater, and they would usually get the movies a year. If it was a foreign movie, they would get it like two or three years after it came out. But if it was just like an independent movie, they would usually get them like a year later. I remember going to see this and just, I don't know, just having fun with it, just yeah. thinking it was good. That's what I thought, and like, of course, I had seen uh, um, Gallo and. In Gala. Buffalo 66, and I was just like, oh, this is great, just more, and it does kind of feel similar, I mean, but, you know, similar to that character, but I think that's kind of him, that's what's translating, because there's more, like, most of his roles, except for a few that are, like, um, I don't know, some, like, oddball ones, but anyway, so, yeah, but I hadn't seen it, and then, um, and then you're like, yeah, let's cover it, so I got, you know, I got myself a copy, and um, I watched it, and I'm like, well, this is good, but, like, it's really, like, Really, I think my draw originally to it was like Vincent Gallo, yeah. and uh, he's like, and then I even told you I was like, yeah, baby, if he wasn't in this, like, this is, <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about this. You, you, like, right, like right shit. before I sat down, because when I got the DVD like a month or two ago, I had to buy a used DVD, so like I skimmed oh, you through it. it used? Oh, good. I'm yeah, glad. You like, like I bought a used DVD because I was like. You know, so I I skimmed through and I watched like maybe twenty minutes over here and there just to make sure the DVD worked. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I remember. This is really cool, you know. And I just got around to watching other things for other episodes, whatever. And then I was like getting ready to watch this other night, and you're like, yeah, baby. And like I started watching it, and like we'll get into it. But like the only thing that bugged me about this movie 
was the fucking music score was awful. Yeah, it's it w- pretty awful. Like, yeah. if it would have just not had any music, it would have been great. Because I love watching movies like this that are just about sad sack losers that yeah. are dumb and keep fucking up. But it, it kept giving you this, like, I don't know, like... Dun, 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 dun. It's like, indicative of 95. Like, dude, this... It's I've like heard clown this shit, like, just to make fun yeah. of the characters. I'm like, no, right. like, let's, let's treat it like Buffalo 66. Let's just, right. like... The scenes as they are without this lousy music on top of it, like let's just enjoy watching Goat, these fucking losers. Goat's like, I want some yes over top of this shit. Like, dude, yeah, that's what <laughs> I you mean. Imagine the scene, yes. <laughs> you imagine the scene where fucking Vincent Gallo <laughs> is breaking down the, the wall to to get into the jewelry store, and if it was, play, if it was playing that yes song, it would have taken it up to the next level. I'm like, whoa, yeah, and throw a little psychedelia in there and shit, like, um. Uh, Foresight's character eats some mushrooms or something and feeds them to his dogs and we have like a trip out scene and shit but Vincent Gallo wasn't directing this one he's just starring in it I don't even know know if you want to say he's the star because they're like they're all yeah. equally like su- yeah, they're all equal. like supporting each other. So yeah. I feel like Forsyth actually gets more like character development than anybody in the entire fucking movie. No, he's he is yeah he gets a lot of character development, a lot of backstory stuff, and he's great. Um, this is completely an unusual role I think for him. I don't think I've seen him play anything like. Well, I guess maybe you could compare his character. I don't know if it's the same, but like I don't know where he's just kind of like a bumbling idiot. Is the only other time I've seen him do that is a raising raising Arizona. Yeah, is and that's where he's like straight bumbling trailer park trash kid. Like I don't you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we should probably get into it. We're talking we should, about it. We, we should, should get, we should get, into get it rolling. It. Yeah. We have a pause on the very beginning of the opening credits of the movie. Like you might have an MGM logo, you might have a Samuel Go logo, but we're going with the actual beginning of the credits of the movie. And the people who actually made this movie, and maybe this is why it uh, dipped into obscurity so fast, but the the credit on the screen is black uh, background and kind of orangish, reddish uh, lettering. It says, Playhouse International Pictures Presents. On the DVD, it's 15 seconds. It'll be whatever on whatever recording you guys have. But I want to say one, two, three, go. And when you hear me say the word go, please hit play on remotes. All right, everybody. One, two, three, go. Dude, could you imagine the scene where Gallo, when he go, when he knocks on the door of the whorehouse, if if it, if it would have been like doom, 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 doom. <laughs> and he would have like come in like all in slow motion, like looking around. <laughs> I just feel like you know I gave you on the sound. Yeah, it would have been way better. Like with a, uh, I guess like more of a musical, like not musical, but like you know what I mean, like yeah. contemporary soundtrack. Of like, I mean, there's so many like good band. I mean, I don't know. Like, there could have been, I don't know. Maybe the grunge stuff wouldn't have fit this really, because yeah. I don't know. I, I guess you know, I get you, the even just like old radio songs, like Frank Sinatra, right? Because the they do spend a lot of time better. in the in the car. So, yeah. um, but I think that the thing, the thing with wanting to use a soundtrack is that it doesn't date it, yeah. and it, and like um, filmmakers, and like I get this, like filmmakers trying to go for like something timeless, where like, because there isn't really anything about their fashion or anything that would date no. this to '95, like. Uh, Gallo's wearing like this. He, it could be like 1985. Like the yeah. cars don't really date it. The cars, the cars are from like the early 70s and right. shit. Yeah, like I don't. This almost feels like it could have been from the 80s. Like because yeah. this could have been like 1985, 1986. I mean, basically anything pre-cell phone like yeah. is timeless. I would say. 
You know, it is. It is. It's timeless. Like the only thing could... that dates the movie is, and it's like very quick when his girlfriend's climbing out the window. Is you can see Gallo does have a Jerky Boys poster on the wall. Oh that... yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but that's just because it takes place in New Jersey, where the Jerky Boys right. are from. So, and you'd think that his character actually, though, like that—that's completely legit. Like you, you, that's believable. Like his character would pro- probably got a kick out of listening to the Jerky Boys. Yeah, so. for sure. I know I did back then. <laughs> yeah, for real. Me too. Yeah. See, but 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 won't you agree though, Bat? Like like look at these shots of them with the flashlights and shit going through the hallway. Like this movie actually is shot very fucking well. Like it it visually almost looks similar to like a Tarantino movie from the early nineties. Like interestingly enough, like I don't know I don't know what my print is. I don't know if there's a TV rip or something because it does. Look, I I did think it looked decent on my TV, but like I know this has only been released on DVD and yeah. VHS and uh, maybe Laserdisc. Maybe you got Laserdisc. I actually watched the full frame on and i was like fuck it i'll go old school 90s that's watch what i full got frame. i have a full yeah. i didn't even know this is mine yeah. i'm watching a full frame right now this is but you know it works because that's how i first saw it but uh yeah. interestingly enough you'll see that there's like this radiation sign ready radi- and yeah. that's like actually for uh fallout uh this was uh, wherever they're filming it there was like a fallout old fallout sheltered around there somewhere i don't know yeah. if it was in that corridor or one of the doors or whatever so hmm. See this scene right here, baby, be so tight. If it's like doom, 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 and they're just like, <laughs> look at him hammering that shit away <laughs> with a cigarette in his mouth and a fucking yeah. flashlight. He's like, and then when he steps through and they and the other guy starts grabbing the donuts and shit, you could be like, doom, 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 doom. But they're going for like the comedic shit, like, uh, you and you get. I'm sure Vince, I'm sure Gallo came up with this, like this whole scene where that when he empties out the cash register and then he puts his butt out in the fucking yeah, cash yeah, register. That was that was. I was like, holy shit, he's gonna that's leave his Gallo. DNA. Like, catch yeah. it if you can, fuckers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was like an idiot thing to do, but I, that wasn't hot back in '95. Like, I don't no. think that would have mattered, but no. I don't know. Especially I'm for look up just because you brought up the soundtrack. I'm gonna go and oh, do it's a so bit. fucking big. Well, I'm gonna she... see who did it because it was like because it really, um, <clears throat> it's really actually it released. I think it says '95, but it says it didn't release till October 25th, 1996 here on the IMDb. So yeah. I don't know. They can never get, the internet can never get a shit straight. So it was I didn't see like it until '97, but but like that's what I'm saying though like like that time period like around that time period I was like in my late teens 18 19 20 years old like I graduated high school and like you know every, like every week me and my dad go see movies and like, like especially during that time period man it's like half the movies we see would be shit like this like just independent movies were where it was at back then I mean yeah. And independent movies now just suck. They're all just political statements and fucking... Or about, like, trans or whatever. Just, like, well, just, just it, like, I don't know what you call it, like, human interest niche stories. Whereas, like, back then, like, you, like I mean, this is a comedy, but it's technically a crime film. Because, like, right. they're just, the whole movie, they're trying to play in this heist and shit. So, like, just, like, the whole Palookaville aspect of it is they were trying to rob this jewelry store. And they went in the back and they busted out the back wall with sledgehammers and shit. But what they didn't know about the building was there, like the shape, the L shape. It was an L shape, so there was a bakery next door, and they actually broke into the bakery, and like, yeah, all they could get was like forty bucks out of the register and steal a bunch of donuts, pretty much. So there's like when I searched this, there's like these books or comics or something like called Palookaville, but it it looks Mm -hmm. like this neo noir 
type mm-hmm. comic book and like it's been around since the 90s but i'm looking on imdb and it says that this is loosely based on italio calavino short stories theft in a cake shop desire in november and transit bed so mm-hmm. like i don't know if these were like loosely based off like so it's supposed to be it does kind of feel like well i mean the if you look at like um i'm sure because you've been into filmmaking and stuff uh the the what's the one uh screenwriting basically handbook for uh yeah, the Sophia book, screenwriting yeah. Yeah. everything basically and like i don't agree with it but it, like it's a good format like i think you should write your first draft or whatever in this and then if you want like or you if you're trying to become a screenwriter you should practice the the formula and then fuck with that formula because like i don't think all film like if i can think back to older films that aren't the three act fucking and like now we're like longer films we're doing like two three hours so there's more than three acts i mean like i guess you could stretch it out i guess you could consider it as a stretch out but like there's more than three acts in that now and so that like three act formula and I've read a bunch of theories like, oh, that's what's killing movies in Hollywood. But pretty much everything's a three act. And this is this has got a three act formula. Like that's what that's what they want of Hollywood screenwriters. Like if you're not writing and if a studio is looking at your screenplay and they see that you're not using the three act formula, they probably won't even look at your script. Yeah. Like that that's the sad thing. But yeah, so this does have the, the three act formula or whatever. And most films, most films in the 90s, because. Every one of these fuckers was buying, get like picking up the screenplay, the foundations of screenwriting handbook. It's from like, I think it's the first book on serious book on screenwriting. Didn't he? Didn't the original version of that come out like the early eighties? Uh, I it's actually dates back to like the late seventies, seventy eight, okay. seventy nine. Um, I don't know if that's when he or like maybe eighty, eighty one. But basically, it's become like the the guidepost for Hollywood films. Like it's this formula that's like er, tried and tested and true. But like, if you go back into like um, the golden golden age of film and stuff, like they weren't always following this three act. Uh, me too an extent but and then like you get into experimental films and like they're not really following up i mean i don't know does fucking does buffalo like like you know let's look at vincent gallo because he's like kind mm. of a tour or whatever did he follow does, does buffalo no, 66 he, doesn't no. have a three-act fucking formula in it and brown all. bunny has no nah, formula. It's just no like way. following a fucking guy around until he blows his load. Yeah. At the end, like that, that was real. the first first bit of great of Vincent Gallo dialogue. There he goes. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you set up a jewelry store, you rob a jewelry store, you don't rob a fucking bakery. <laughs> right. It's and it's totally his fucking character. Yeah. Like, like, I just feel like that's his personality. And like every movie, it's kind of like Harvey. Ke- like Harvey, Harvey Keitel is like one of my favorite actors. But like, me too. Pretty much, it's always like you get this version, and it's got to be his personality. Like you get this vert, like a different version. Like, okay, yeah, he's playing a cop, but like, and he's played many a cops, specifically bad lieutenant. But that's yeah. not the only time he's played a weird, dirty cop. But like, it's just like a also corrupt with Johnny Rod. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. the first one, actually. I would love and to I'm cover like, that film if dude, you can find a rip of it, dude. More fucking. Oh, dude, the backstory on that one. Like, I guess, yeah. like, he insisted the on. Yeah. He literally insisted on um, carrying a loaded real pistol, which would not fly. But, like, he wanted. He, he insisted on bringing a real loaded pistol to the set every day uh, to get into the role. 
or whatever, mm-hmm. like the director. And that's actually an Italian-made film in New York yeah. or whatever. So it's almost like, um, yeah, it's it's something. But like, yeah, that's the predecessor to Bad Lieutenant. Like pretty much that is like is like oh let's re let's remake that but make it better. Like yeah, completely. Yeah. So, but Harvey again, Harvey Keitel. It's like uh, Vincent Gallo. It's, it's like okay, uh, it's Vincent Gallo playing a bank robber. Uh, it's Vincent Gallo playing a guy that just got out of prison. It's Vincent Gallo, like yeah, pretty much the same thing with Harvey Keitel. You know, like you just go into the same mold and you do it over and over and perfect it. Right, and De Niro did that a little bit for a while too. But like his earlier stuff, like uh, with Har- Harvey Keitel, like Mean Streets, that's completely different Joker character. Like we get a yeah. little bit of that. Maybe that's what his real personality is. Is he's like this Joker and stuff. And because you'd see that a lot in his early career, but then he got like way better. Pacino is another one that's like, it's just like, oh, Pacino's playing a gangster, you know, which he played a lot. You know, it's just like an extension. Dude. Dude, by the way, when the credits were rolling by a second ago, it said music composed and performed by Rachel Portman. Fuck Rachel Portman. You Is made that a dog... the one that did it? Yeah. It was... Yeah, Rachel Portman made a dog shit score, and then the director, who I want to get into a little bit, Alan Taylor, he fucked up too by using that terrible movie music for this movie. Fuck yeah, me. but how many movies did she like score? Because this like this music sounds like very uh like nine. It's, it's just like nineties. It's yeah. just like sitcom. Fucking here was like. Soundtrack. It's like who wants to watch fucking when you watch a Vincent Gallo movie? Like you want some cool shit. Like you don't want fucking. And the thing, the thing that's like about it too is like this is Vincent Gallo's wardrobe. Like this is how if you ever see Vincent Gallo in real life, like he wears them jackets. He wears. Tight little shirts, like he brought his own fucking clothes. Like, didn't he wear that jacket in fucking Buffalo '66? You know, I was looking at it. It's it's slightly different with the way it is, but it's very it's the same color. It's just a different cut with the buckles and shit on the jacket. It's right. Yeah, you're probably right. It's from. I I was surprised too when he goes to the whorehouse, which like it's pretty much. It's not even really a whorehouse. It's just this one girl has guys come over and fuck her and pay her. Yeah, and it's um. Oh shit! I just blanked on her name. It's fucking Frances McDormand from yeah. like, Coen Brothers her, movies. Was this her first movie? No, dude, because she was in like oh. Blood Simple in like '82. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like she. But but I'm wondering because I was like, damn, she's in it, and it's such a tiny role. It must have been right before she broke out with like uh, Fargo or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Fargo was the year after this came out, or maybe even the same year actually. Now that I think about it, but it was like. Like, but, but that's how independent movies were. Like, dude, I used to go to independent movies all the time, and every month I was seeing a fucking movie that had Steve Buscemi in a supporting role in it. Like, that's just how independent movie, like, the, the like independent movie actors for the longest time, they didn't bounce back and forth between Transformer movies, independent movies. They just did, like, no. 20 independent movies for low pay a year, and that's how they made their money, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, Steve didn't really get, like, even after uh, Reservoir Dogs, he didn't yeah. really, like, start... Because I remember he, like, popped up in, like, The Wedding Singer, and then... Yeah. He worked with like then he kind of worked with like Adam Sandler and then he became kind of um, like a go to like yeah we gotta we gotta have this yeah. guy like I don't know why Reservoir Dogs and and Fargo wasn't enough to be like we need to have yeah. this guy and yeah. where he had to work with Adam Sandler temporarily till because the guy's been working since what like eighty four 
Yeah, I think that's when Parting Glances came out where he played the guy. It was based on a real guy, but it was about the guy who had AIDS, yeah. And I just don't understand how this guy wasn't able to, like, break out even before that. Like, he's got to go to Cannes with Tarantino before Tarantino's even anybody and act out scenes and shit. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck, dude? But, you know, I get it. You know, it took a while for them to realize his greatness. Yeah. But I kind of like the beginning of this movie, though, back because you really don't know much about the characters. Like, they just start out with the robbery, and then, like, Forsyth kind of goes home. Like, you don't really see yeah. him right away. But then Gallo goes to the whorehouse, and, like, he doesn't get to fuck the girl because his brother-in-law is there who's a cop. Right. And, and, and the cop's like, okay, I'll give you a ride home. Like, let's get out of here. Yeah, and, but he knows where he's yeah, been because he's yeah, there. Yeah, and it's just like, how, like, that guy fucks with the brother-in-law who's a cop. He fucks with Gallo the entire movie. And how come Gallo just doesn't go to his sister and be like, hey, like, your fucking husband hangs out at a whorehouse? you know what i mean well he does bust him out at dinner at some point but well he kind of hints around at it in the fucking <laughs> well she's the, like what the... what is he talking about and he's like i don't know <laughs> and then the the other guy played by adam tress i can't remember what his name is in the movie he he just he's just like more of a more normal guy he tries to, he's out of work but he tries to work as a carpenter and he's got a girlfriend and a baby yeah, that guy, like, he was doing some stuff, uh, Adam Tress, uh, but yeah. I see, like, I'm looking at him like, whoa, what's he, he been doing? It's like, a Zodiac detective number one. So you're just, like, mm-hmm. one of the background detectives. Like, that's what, because yeah. I've seen him, was he on, like, The Sopranos? Because he looks like he's I can't remember, but I knew him a lot of 90s shit. Yeah, know? he's in, like, he's in a bunch of TV shit I'm seeing. Like, I'm looking at his uh, IMDb. Let's see here. Uh okay, so he started in like the early nineties and then yeah, so he's on he was like a regular he's on two episodes of NYPD Blue, he's on um Homicide, Life on the Street, the same year he did this, one episode. Then he's New York Undercover, one episode, then there's a show called Push in the late night. I never heard of it. He did like eight episodes. He must have been a reoccurring character. Yep, Sopranos, he did like one episode. You just look at this kid and you're like, Yeah, you so could be like one of the kids. Like one of the yeah. one of the ch- or like a cousin or something from out of town. Because uh, you look like you'd fit into the Sopranos, but I mean, shit, uh, Gallo could have been fucking, could have been a reoccurring villain. Oh yeah, that's on that show, like he probably just play ball. Like they were like, we want you, and he's like, I don't want to do your show. Fuck you. I don't know what it is, but I think Gallo's sister in this movie is hot. She kind of reminds oh, me of like who's a more she? plain. I don't know, but she kind of looks like Linda Fiorentino. Uh, let's see what her name. Is. She's in some stuff. And then, uh, you know, Foresight, he's had a pretty decent career. Like, I think he's just one of those types of guys that's, like, very selective on um, what projects he does. Like, uh, I think... He did a lot of shit, though, because, like, he did that one movie where he played, like, the white cholo guy, and then he always played, like, the... Because I was really shocked and surprised. I remember going (laughs) and seeing this movie. I was kind of like, oh, Foresight is in this? Because at the time, he was always just playing, like, nasty hillbilly guys. There was one movie where he had, like... He's a great actor, though. He he got really fat, like, on purpose, you know? And I was surprised how slim he was because he was really kind of heavy for a while. And he, I remember there's one movie, he played this hillbilly villain where he always had his gut hanging out at the bottom of his T-shirt and shit, and he was really nasty. But, like, he used to play a lot of, like... But he kind of got out of that as he got older. He could start playing more refined, kind of more villainous roles. But looking at this one, I'm just like, yeah, he's 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 got, like, a cool hairdo in this one. Like, even though he plays a nerdy guy, he dresses kind of cool and shit. Yeah. His whole thing is he's got these stinky dogs. He's not like... I know I compared him to his, like, Raising Arizona character, and, like, he's, like, really stupid. But, like, he does kind of, like... He's not, like, the smart... He doesn't seem like the smartest guy, and he seems to be, like, 
following these two knuckleheads like yeah. whatever like he's like the third wheel like of whatever whatever they're doing and they, they're like oh you brought your stinky dogs like you know what i mean like i thought it was really sleazy though the way he goes to everybody's house and eats all their food like he never yeah he's like a bum he's like yeah, that's like, why like, i compared him to the uh, raising arizona character because like, he's like yeah. a bum but but he if you notice he was over there grabbing food and stealing food out of uh, adam tress's house and like, yeah like they really established in the movie he's really dirt poor because of his kid and his wife his girlfriend or wife whatever she right. is is like always talking about we ain't got no food and all that shit and fucking forsyth is just over there stealing all and their it, bananas and well, cereal and shit yeah we get that whole scene where he goes to uh he goes to uh gal's house to eat dinner and then like as soon as then he steals like the rest of the dinner and then like rolls out the fucking door like he just came over to eat dinner oh he's yeah. gotta take it back for his dogs to split whatever he's stealing so this is this is the other great uh, Gallo shit, shit right here where they're in the coffee shop and they're talking about what went wrong with the jewelry store bakery or yeah, the heist. And like this is where you get Gallo talking about like, you know, he starts getting the idea to, to do a, like a robbery, a bigger robbery and all that shit. And they're like, they're like, come on, man, like this ain't working out for us. We're not right. criminals. And Gallo has the classic. He's like, what I'm talking about is a momentary shift. We're not, right. not a life of crime, a momentary shift where we go. Dude, well he's like great. i don't know i can't remember if we because we've been chatting and stuff and like i don't i my uh my my wonderful rip of whatever uh does not have subtitles a lot which is a lot of movies we cover are just a little revealing so i really Some of the need, dvds like, i gotten lately don't have subtitles and it pisses yes. me the fuck off when i go to record right sometimes it's just like that's why you gotta watch like that's why i watched it before we recorded baby so i could remember some of it but then i got yeah. listening to that damn podcast and turned the volume oh, down and i'm like yeah well because i watched it like a week ago and stuff but yeah. i haven't seen it enough to where like i know the dialogue like the back of my hand like suburbia uh before we'd recorded that like i'd already watched it like four or five times before and then i watched it like all the way through before we recorded it, so like i remembered a bunch of the dialogue and I thought we did that film justice. I think better than what yeah. anybody else would have. I mean, well, nobody else covered it at no, all. Nobody, nobody else even. Yeah, that sucks too. Because it was like that was a. I remember that being like a pretty big '90s movie, like yeah. of the of the culture and like the the scene and stuff in the late '90s and everything. I thought it captured it. It was so. kind of like a more well-known underground movie. See this scene where they're throwing the piggy bank around the store with the six pack. We could have really got some yes in there. That would have been good. But uh, yeah, like some suburbia with yeah. the all star cast, and now we're just down to the bottom of dregs of uh, Vincent Gallo filmography. Well, I, I mean, we need. So I guess you know my whole thing about like continuing to remind you that we needed to cover this is because like you bought the DVD, baby. You're not bad <laughs> about that. You bought it. I love it. No, dude. I other than the score, which I've bitched about, and I'll stop bitching about it. But other than the score. <laughs> like i was just like like i was watching it for a little while and that score was kind of dragging me down and it was like in the beginning part of the movie is a little shiftless i'll give you yeah. that but it's like i was like but it once the sec- after a while yeah once the second <laughs> picks up i was like i really like i remember why i like this movie so much when i went to see it you know what i mean yeah, well, because the dialogue's great, the characters are great. I really like the whole thing with where he gets out of the rain with uh, and that lady's that yeah. girl's running the shop and like she's cute too. He falls in love with her and stuff, yeah. so it's a little romance and stuff. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, like, and I get it. That's the thing, though. Is they're all losers, but they're all getting so much pussy in this movie. That's what's right. weird. 
well, well, I don't want to give up, give away too much, but who the fuck would be like watching this first time, listening to the commentary? I don't know. Yeah, like, you know. Newt, maybe. Like, cause Newt, Newt. <laughs> no, I, I, I bet Newt will hit me up and be like, oh, hell yeah, I saw Palookaville. I don't I know. I told him when we were coming, station. and I don't think he knew about it. But, like, look, I, look I, I showed him uh, Breathless. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, it might have been like harder to follow with a commentary, but I'm like, look, just so you, he's like, I've never seen Breathless, and I'm like, yeah, do yourself a favor and go watch it. It's on Tubi, and like he yeah. wouldn't even, he couldn't even be troubled to go on Tubi <sighs> and watch the great. And he's like, well, I don't even like Richard Gere. I'm like, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. But then I, we all, I, then he agreed with me that um, uh, fuck American Gigolo was good, and I'm like, okay, yeah. well then you're we're on the same this page. This is like, even better. Yeah. Yeah. This is like like honestly, American Gigolo and this could be like the double features because really, as far as I'm concerned, there's only three fucking good movies that Richard Gere ever made, and they're not good because of Richard Gere. Like, no, no. It, anybody could have honestly, anybody could have played those roles, and like it would have been good. I know, you know, he's good yeah. in it, but you know, like. Well, I don't know about American Gigolo. Like, he does work, I guess. Mm. Uh, I don't know. That's hard for me to say. I, I think I, he works best in, in that, that scene where he tells Bill Duke what he's willing to do for him. Yeah, no, that was pretty That was, <laughs> that was good. Pretty good. That made me believe it, believe yeah, it and everything. It was very believable. But uh, I I could think of, like, a million – like not a million, but, like, I could probably uh, – James Woods would have been, like, just as good, if not better in Breathless. Like, you could oh, cast yeah. James Woods. I mean, not to mention that he's, like – I think like, you my need a kind of a hunkier guy, though, for Breathless. Uh, I'm, for, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost guaranteed James Woods has a bigger dick than him, and he would have been all about oh, it. Oh, yeah. So. James Woods definitely can do that helicopter dick. <laughs> right. No, James Woods would have been great. Like, I would have loved to see him playing a rockabilly character. Like, that would have been fucking gold. So yeah. But oh, oh, uh, Bob De Niro, Robert De Niro was red for the was like trying to get the role or whatever too. Mm. And, like, I don't. Yeah, I think it would have been all right. But like, I almost like can't see him. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He's like a chameleon. Young De Niro would have been. Would have worked. One eighty-one. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Uh, Raging Bull De Niro, you think that would have worked? I think so. Yeah. He, he just would have been like a little too like even Gear honestly is a little bit too old for the role, but like yeah. like I like I almost think it'd be fucking awesome with, with a super young Tom Cruise in it, to be honest with you. Yeah, that would have worked too, I guess. And I don't know that he could have well, yeah, he could have played he could have played like with a southern Swayze accent would have been uh, fucking awesome in oh, it, yeah. dude. Well no, Swayze. I was just trying to think back to um um uh, what is it? The um, the outsiders? Because um, because Cruz was in that, right? You, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and you know who else would have been great too? In that, didn't he? Didn't Cruz have a southern accent in this character? He's not, like, hardly. I don't know if he accent, him, but he took his fake tooth off and he let his teeth be Dude, all. Dude, he was like up, a yeah. greasy. He played like the yeah. greasiest grease monkey hillbilly, like fucking yeah, like fucking just motorhead car- kid, like yeah. when he his character popping up. But yeah, no Swayze. If you're gonna look at like. You know who would have been you know. real money though is fucking Matt Dillon. Like the last movie mm. we covered Kansas, Dillon oh, Dillon was God. like Dillon almost ki- oh, Dude, Dillon actually, awesome. now that you say that, he would have been the ultimate pick for Breathless. Like I know hands down, dude. Yeah. Dude, dude, go go find a rip of that movie Kansas with Matt Dillon, Andrew McCarthy from nineteen eighty eight. Dude, you are gonna fucking love Matt Dillon's performance in that seen- dude. Well, I really, dude. I don't know. I mean, I put over um, as like his recent output. I put over um, uh, the House of Jack built, and like the guy went to get to a good role. He still yeah. kills it. Like you know what oh, I mean. Yeah. So it's awesome. yeah. 
But back back to Palookaville, we're finding any way to get away from this fucking. Oh, but wait, hey, Vincent Gallo's on screen. Anytime his dialogue like that's well, we just they just set up Vincent Gallo's girlfriend played by Kim Dickens, who I yeah. always thought was. Oh, cute. this is her first film. This yeah. is her first film, right? And like, yeah, I think so. By the time she was in Fear the Walking Dead playing the mom, like she was like perfect milf. I love mm. her on that show. Then they stupidly killed her off, but whatever. But um, yeah, so Gallo, like, it's, it's a cool scene too because he leaves his girlfriend's place. He climbs out the window and it's, he literally she lives in the alleyway across from him and then he climbs into his bedroom window. And I saw that. I was like, that'd be so fucking cool to live somewhere where, like, you don't even have to like, go out your front door. You could just climb out your window to leave. And then there are also the thing why he's like telling them that he wants to like hit one lick, one good lick is because he wants to take his girlfriend and move out to California and like I don't know yeah. make it as an actor or something. Cause, yeah, because yeah, where where are you going with this? Yeah. I saw that and I was like, was this like the genesis, like the uh, origin story of Vincent Gallo, how he became an actor? Because like <laughs> yeah. Because it's kind of funny because his girlfriend's like, like, oh, take me to Broadway. Let's see cats. Yeah. And like, obviously, he doesn't have the money for that. So he he's the one who actually puts it in her head. He, he's like, he's like, Ugh. he's like, I'll take you to California. You'll have a little house and there'll be uh, fresh fruit growing outside. What do you think about that? And she even says, like, like, are you just fucking with me? He's like, I'm dead serious, baby. I'm so he actually puts it in her head. Like, like you have to pay attention to this movie because like the first time you see it, you just hear the dialogue. You don't think it's really going anywhere. Yeah. But it's like he's the one who puts her in, like from the rest of the movie, his girlfriend wants to like really. She's obsessed believe. with it, yeah. and yeah, we know like well, we don't want to spoil the ending, but yeah. you know, yeah. I love this scene too, though, where Gallo's whole family. So it's it's Gallo, his sister, his brother-in-law, who's a cop. Forsyth, of course, comes over because he's got to eat the spaghetti. Yeah, he's got to eat just in general. And, and then Gallo's mom, who's like just an old wacky fucking lady. Yeah, he steals the meatballs here. This is fucking yeah. great for the dog. It's like a meatball for each one. That's probably why yeah. the dog stinks so much. He just only gives them human meatballs. food. They're probably shitting all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know anything about, about this. not bathing them. Like, they don't need yeah. baths or something. They look mungy, like, too. Mungy yeah, too. but they're, like, a long-haired. And, yeah. like, he's got them out in the rain and shit. So, like, yeah. they get, they definitely need baths, bro. They're not, like, a short-haired. Like, short-haired dogs, maybe you could bathe them, like, once yeah. a year. But, like, long-haired dogs, like, you got to bathe them at least every couple months. Two so, months at the most, yeah. Yeah. Six months at the least, I guess, but they get pretty stinky. I, I worked like get... in a dog kennel, so like I did I, you? I, yeah, for a little when? like part time, um, mm-hmm. few years back and stuff, yeah. like because I didn't want to like I really was trying to like get away from. Well, I basically transitioned. I was like, I am not working in like kitchens anymore. Like I fucking hate yeah. that kind of work. And I really like when there were, and then it was like, well, what's let's where are you gonna make decent money and stuff? Well, factory. And, like I fucking hate that kind of work too. So like trying to do stuff, and that was working in factories too off and on but it's just like yeah uh that was like not like really that bad i mean like that was kind of a nice job you know being with the dogs and stuff like it's cool yeah. and um but yeah i didn't really all i did was like let them out and like open the place up or close the place or whatever and like really why they like me is because like i'm you know i've always been really good cleaner and i do that part-time you know i was doing that part-time too and i've always up until like about a year or so ago i've always cleaned uh part-time gig stuff you know like side work and then um then i started working for that cleaning company and now i'm self-employed for baby like i work 20 i work like 20 to 24 hours just like t-shirt joe and i made yeah dude i make what i made working 40 for a fucking company and stuff that's awesome dude i got the i i'm not gonna really get into it but i got this like i just pretty much i just gotta submit my contract 
baby. I don't want to brag or whatever, but like I'm gonna be working. I've, I've got an, and I'm still working my other like my other jobs. But this is gonna this count that I'm taking on is gonna make me more money than all my jobs that I'm already doing like combined like 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 mm-hmm. like yeah a lot more like and all I gotta work with this one like I could quit all these other jobs and I'll still make more money than I do now, and all I'd be working is 17 hours a week. Granted, Holy I'm not going to do all that because I'm a greedy fucker and I like, and yeah. I've got a fucking uh, Blu-ray 4K addiction that you got me. Blame me. Blame me. You're like, like, oh, I'm in recovery and stuff. I'm like, uh, blah, blah, blah. You got me fucking hooked on this shit again. <laughs> talk about a, baby, baby, I'm talking about 4K Blu-rays. I'm talking about a, a shift, a momentary shift. A momentary so like, shift. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to last till fall when everything starts going on set. Amazon yeah. has always ran, like, uh, my Halloween horror-oriented movies on sale. I don't know if they still do that. I never really. I just buy what I what if so I, I see something going on. Who, who am I trying to kid, though? Like, everybody's trying to run some kind of sale. That's the thing, baby. That's why I stopped buying. Is that you can't have a sale every weekend? Like fuck. Like it's not a sale if it's every weekend, oh, baby. I did. I did. I did give in. Like I had a lot more. I did give in, and I did buy one thing. They had. Uh, they had a few good things in that VS sale, but like, I just kept asking myself, like, yeah, you can't afford it, Blake. Literally, you bought the last time when they had the $10 Blu-ray every every day change up, and then you bought this huge stack of these Blu-rays, yeah. and I literally have watched them, like, some of them I haven't even watched, I haven't watched at all, they're still, like, in the package, but, like, I watched about half of them, and I only watched them once, and, like, I literally have no desire to watch, like... Baby, th- th- that's that's why I stopped buying the shit we covered that I bought on Movie Hoarders back in November. Like, like I've only watched maybe twenty percent of it. Y'all. No, they're not still sealed, but it's like, yeah, yeah like I watched so little. Yeah. So yeah, so so they were they just happened to be driving behind an armored truck, and the guy had a heart attack, and they knew him, so they want to help him out. They got him to the hospital, and then Adam Tress uh, drove the truck back to the store to turn yep. the truck in. But sure. when he got there, he he yeah, saw yeah. his girlfriend getting molested by her boss at the supermarket. Yeah. But they're heroes. But of course, Vincent Gallo being the little fucking wormy, snaky fucker he is, he's like, yeah. oh, I've got a brilliant idea. Yeah. I've got a I've got a brilliant one. But th- th- that's the thing, though, is like the difference between movies in the '90s and now is like you can still have a little bit of sleaze in a movie, like the boss at the supermarket. He wants to mm. fuck all the girls that work there and shit. You know what I mean? Like you can still well, get away with that back then. You gotta think too, like just because like he didn't rape her, so like, but he kept like pushing her in the corner and putting his hands all over her and stuff. Like that wasn't like that wasn't like he wasn't like a bad guy or a criminal or whatever really at that point. Like he's like kind of a sleazeball or whatever, but it was all forgivable. Now you do that. And like the girl's like, he raped me. Like he's, I was raped. And it's like, you weren't raped. Like you guys had your clothes on. No, no, no. He pushed. I think it's, I don't think it's rape. I think it's sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much the equivalent of like, so what he did, he could like, I mean, basically he could fire her and she's like the bad guy or whatever. Like, oh, boy, is our society, our society changes in like five well, years. Well, spoiler alert, that's how she gets her job back in the end. Like, right. the guy feels bad that he tried to rape her. So yeah. like, she, 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 not only does she get her job back, but she like becomes a manager. She takes his job. 
He's just trying to pressure her to fuck her, but like, you know, you can't even do it. Like, you're, that's like lawsuit. Like, she basically, if it was like 2023 and he pulled this shit, I mean, uh, basically, she would own that grocery store now. Like, pretty much. And then Gala's finding out about the sleazy guy. He's just saying, yeah, I'm glad we saved his money for him, brought it back to him. We should break this right. fucking lace. Yeah. <laughs> they should, though. They should be taking a pipe to that motherfucker's legs right now. Well, you know, now if it was 2023, Gal would be like, all right, that's what your girl's going to do. She's going to yeah. say that uh, he had his panties around her, or she pulled her panties down, and he touched her yeah. vagina and stuff. We're going to sue, and it's oh, we're going to take him for all we can get, and then we'll split it three ways, and we're all going to be rich. And you and your yeah. girl are never going to have to worry about having enough cereal to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then right here, here's here's where here's where Gallo is talking about. We should have took the money when 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 we were getting the guy to the hospital. We should have just took the money. But it's like, how would you take the money and then get the guy to the hospital? Like they would know it was you. You know what I mean? Well, like later on, like I don't know, man. I hate like we're bringing up stuff, but like then like I don't know. Did we lay out that the next heist is this is their next scheme or whatever? Yeah. Anyway, like they realize how easy it would be now. But like. It's common now. I thought it was common knowledge that there's a guy riding with a 12 gauge shotgun in the back, and that's the other thing. Like on that one, where was the guy in the back with a 12 gauge shotgun? Like, you don't you think he would have been like, hey? I'm I back guess he was locked in there. I don't know. Right, like, but they didn't even like they have no awareness, and like they're yeah. always back. There's always a guy with a 12. Does he like live back there? Is he got like a cot? Is it's there like a hot plate? Yeah. Yeah, does he take all of his meals? He's like got shitter back there. Like, the, what is this guy like a robot? Like, you think that he'd be like, "Hey, what's going on? I'm, hey, I got the twelve gauge to the back. Like, I'm gonna blow your head off. You better mm-hmm. announce yourself." Like, not nothing like that. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But dude, you, you want to know the best armored car truck heist movie shit? Is this movie called The Underneath by Steven Soderbergh? It's so fucking good. It's and, about and it, uh, armored truck. Yeah, it's about this guy. It's um, I'm blank. Peter Gallagher, uh, and and the movie's cool because it flashes back and forth uh, between different points in his life, and basically like he had everything going on, and he lost everything being a degenerate gambler. Like he lost his girlfriend and everything, and uh, and now he's like you know like he's like in he probably in his late thirties, early forties, and he moves back to his hometown. He's the first time he's been back in years and shit. He, like he hasn't shown his face. And he he gets he gets a um, he gets a uh, a job with his stepdad and he he becomes an armored car you know uh, guard or whatever yeah and meanwhile he's trying to get his old girlfriend back but his old girlfriend's with William Victor now who's like the latest gangster or whatever and he's like trying to get some money to help her out to help her get away from this fucking gangster guy so like the, basically they scheme to rob the uh, armored truck together it's really fucking good dude it's so fucking good. Another film that I really, and I think we could, I don't know, unless you've covered it or whatever uh, with Armored Truck, but it's not just Armored Truck. And it came out the same year, supposedly, this movie came out, 95. And I really put it over is uh, Dead Presidents. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. I, I always thought that was the greatest. But I haven't seen the one you're talking about, so I can't say yeah. it's the greatest. But up till now... The greatest armored truck robbery movie was to me Dead Presidents, but and then and of course in that one we've got the guy riding in the back with twelve gauge shotgun. I mean, but they're well aware of it, and that's like a true story. Like that's based on a true story or whatever. So yeah, it is. But it's got a great. It's also got some great Vietnam footage. I don't know. Recommendation for a future episode. I don't know. Yeah, we should do it for sure. I, I mean, love you the like brothers. It. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. haven't seen it in a long time, but I, yeah, I like it. I always, I always say that the Hughes brothers kind of fell from grace and split and it's, up. It's also got um, uh, who else is in it? I'm trying to think. Uh, it's like oh, Lorenz yeah, Chris, Tate, Chris Tucker. Chris yeah. Tucker's in it, and then um, I'm trying to uh, Martin Sheen's in it as a judge. And I love this character as he plays the judge, and he was like, oh, "I was in World War II, blah blah blah," and because he was trying to use those excuses, uh, shell shock from Vietnam or whatever. And I'm yeah. just like, "This is—they're trying to harken back though to uh, Apocalypse Now with this, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that being the great sure. Vietnam War movie or whatever. So many good connections, but yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> good Vietnam movies throughout the years." Like oh, mostly yeah. in the eight, mostly in the late seventies or early to mid eighties, but then there was even a few in the nineties. Yeah, I put that. I like to put Dead Presidents up there uh, yeah. because it, it's very similar to how um, uh, Full Metal Jacket is like two films, yeah. and like uh, Dead Presidents uh, study is, it takes that formula too as well. That Kubrick formula. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that movie Hamburger Hill? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one dude, too. That, yeah, yeah, that's fucking good, man. How they just keep fucking trying to retake that hill over and over, and then just That's giving it a up. Story and... too, as well. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And then the best uh, war, uh, the best uh, Vietnam movie, obviously, is Universal Soldier with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't say Platoon or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, Platoon's good. Like, Platoon's good, but like, I mean, I'll take a fucking full mill or uh, not even full mill. Full mill Jack is a little overrated. Well, as far as like everyone says, oh, it's just Kubrick's best. No, it's not. Like that's the only one that you understand because you're a fucking idiot. Like that was the first one I seen <laughs> in the theater. Yeah, the but Kubrick, you're, you're yeah. not sitting here saying that it's the greatest Kubrick film either, though. Like it's just like everybody. It's like it's 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 in the top three to me personally. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's good and everything, but like I mean, anyway. So, it's to me, like... to me, it's clockwork, and then number two and three, you could interchange as Full Metal or Two Thousand One. But well, I I think Two Thousand One's a little overrated personally for me. Like I, I got to come back to, um, uh, geez, I don't, you know, I, definitely not. Well, fuck, we're getting on like a whole motherfucking thing here. We're gonna, yeah. getting away from everything. We do, we're gonna get into a Kubrick rant during this. So. Yeah. Let me see if I can find some. I couldn't really find any like trivia or anything on this film. Yeah, there's like nothing by the way. Nobody gave, and then like now we kind of know. Like after I saw it again, I hadn't seen it in years. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I know why this ain't out on Blu-ray, baby. Because the, the, there's this uh, there's this uh, subplot here about them trying to route, run a gypsy cab company for all the old people in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I was just yeah. that was like the one part of the movie I was like, why is this storyline in there? Like it never made any sense. And then I think just the whole point was like this: like the old people are complaining about Forsyth's dogs smelling in the car, so then yeah. he had to jump out in the rain, and that that made the lady feel bad for him being out in the rain and let him in the store. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's the only reason like the whole gypsy cab thing happened because they pretty much drop it after this scene. <laughs> so I'm looking at the trivia on IMDb, and they say the title comes from Marlon Brando's monologue in On the Waterfront. Interesting fact, though, I want to, because I, I don't know, I told, I've talked, and I, I, I've corresponded with him or whatever, but our, um, I don't know if you're a fan of whatever, but uh, Gary Kent, uh, he was in the forest oh, yeah. and stuff, passed away here recently, and I interviewed him for Sleeves Fiend Magazine um, issue number four, but, and um, interestingly enough, uh, he told me in that interview that what got him um, interested in the film business and stuff um 
because he lived out in Washington, why he decided to come out to Hollywood or whatever, uh, was because he saw on the waterfront in 54, wow. and I think it was in 56 or 57, he decided to he wanted to be a movie star, but he kind of broke in. He did end up being an actor and stuff, and mm-hmm. he's, his performances, um, a lot of the stuff he was in, uh, uh, Steckler, he plays a, plays a serial killer maniac guy in a Steckler film, uh, right in a Steckler film, and um, he, he's in a bunch of Al Adamson stuff and everything, but, uh, you know, he directed some stuff, too, as well, and, you know, just all around really nice guy, and he stunt doubled for um, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson for, like, well, he worked with Jack Nicholson on four films, but he uh, stunt doubled for Jack on two is uh, two Western films, um, The Shooting and uh, uh, Ride the Whirlwind. Mm-hmm. So he was a stunt double and stuff like that. But he worked with uh, Jack Nicholson on um, on uh, Psych Out. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Roger I don't think Corbin I film. have. I really recommend it, man. It's got Dennis Hopper's in it and um, Jack Nicholson. And they like play. He's, Jack Nicholson's character's name is Stony. He plays guitar in this band and stuff. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I wish more people had seen have seen it because like it's got Bruce Dern in it. I mean, dude, like, dude, <laughs> this is like this has got a pretty good fucking cast. And I'm like, I, everyone I talk to is like, oh, I've never seen it. And I'm like, yeah, Roger Corman. Like, how can you watch all these other shitty fucking Roger Corman movies and be like, oh, this is great, and then have not seen Psych Out? I don't know. I guess maybe uh, the trip kind of overshadowed it or whatever. Dean Stockwell's in it, too. I mean, yeah. Jack Nicholson, yeah. Dean Stockwell, Susan Strasberg. Uh, let's see here. Who else is in it? Max Julian's in it. I mean, dude, come on. Damn. And then, I of assume. course, Gary Kent and uh, Bud, Car- Bud Cardo, stuntmen. They, like, play these gang dudes that hangs out in this fucking um, junkyard. They're trying to find Bruce Dern's character. Um, geez, let me see who else is in it. Yeah, I mean, there's like, yeah, I mean, it's just a bunch of great, great actors up and coming. Maybe he's not. I thought Dennis Hopper was in this one. Maybe I'm thinking of the trip he's in. I can't remember. Dennis Hopper though was in a lot of Corman stuff back then too, as well. So was, it, was that after he got blacklisted from Hollywood? Yeah, because he got blacklisted in like the late '50s. Like, no, he was coming up when um, Brando and um, yeah, like all those guys were like coming up in like the '50s and stuff. He would have been like part of that whole. Like, he hung out with like um, James Dean and Marlon Brando and stuff, and like he was kind of part of that alum. Like, uh, if, but there was this one movie worked on, I think, I don't know if I talked about it. I could have sworn I talked about it on a past episode or whatever, where he was like, he kept the, he talked to the director like the night before over dinner and, mm-hmm. it, and he was like, yeah, I want to do this stuff, this new thing called like improv. And the director was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And they were all like taking, having drinks and stuff. And then, uh, he gets to the set and he starts like improv and the director's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, no, we talked about this last night, baby. Then, uh, he's like, no, he's like, that's called dinner talk. He's like, no, read the script. And, uh, it was like that's pillow talk, baby. <laughs> yeah, like, he, and then and then Hopper was like, "Well, fuck that!" Like, I don't know if he thought, "Yeah, I'm an up and comer in Hollywood, and I'll do whatever the fuck I want." So, like, and then Jack Warner called him up, and was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, this fucker's burning through film like crazy. He's costing the fucking studio a fortune." 
uh, you better do what he tells you to do. You never work in his town again. And pretty much he didn't. He did end up working it, but like, yeah, they the Jack Warner is the one that blacklisted him. But I think it was still like late fifties or whatever. There was like studio players, and like he signed a contract with a studio and stuff like that. So. So here we have some kind of uh, meaningless subplots. Forsyth meets this cute girl that works in this first shop, and he realizes there's a safe in there, and they, they kind of lightly talk about if it got robbed. And then also the gypsy cab shit came to an end because the real cab drivers of the town went and uh, slashed all the tires on their car. So here's yeah. the best part of the movie here where Gala's girlfriend is doing a strip tease across the way, and he's uh, masturbating in the window here. I don't know if I got a different... I don't know if mine's caught up or if I got a different cut because like, I already watched that. Those like I'm uh, worried. It might, might be on different timing. Yeah. Oh geez. I wonder if this is a different cut or something. Like if I got a different cut. My cut is like 92 minutes, but I think there's that thing too. Just like when you watch a rip and you watch a DVD, because the DVD is like 30 frames a second. We haven't had any problems in the past yet, baby. Because most of the time when I'm doing doing these with you, fucking, I hit play rate. I mean, you're way. That's like a big gap there, baby. Really? Yeah, like because I'm already on with um them like changing the tires and stuff on here. Like I already missed that. Yeah. Just pause for like twenty seconds and then replay it. But yeah, uh, yeah. is that where you're, how far you're at? That's just weird though. That that's because like, we're usually like synced up you, pretty good. You know what I think it is because you probably have a TV rip. I think I think it's a different frame rate for TV yeah, broadcast. Yeah, TV rip because I told you it looked a little bit better than it looked yeah. decent. Like I don't. This know looks I, decent for a DVD. I don't but, think yeah. this is a 1080 or what. Yeah, because this is like I don't know. This is just the I don't know. I got a few DVDs that um. Like that dual DVD, like I bought. That's why I've been on the dual kick or whatever. Because like for I did have it in my collection, but then I found it at like a resale shop for like a dollar. The old DVD and dude, mm-hmm. this DVD, this is like one of the older ones too. Like this, is it the one with the gold like logo on it, like the collector's edition type one? Uh, I think it's the collector's edition one, dude. It looks fucking money. Playing yeah. through my blue, I, like I don't know what the fuck. I was like, wow, this looks really. Like, I'm looking at it and stuff. Yeah, it's the collector's edition one, and it says... I mean, the special features are, like, not the not great looking, but the movie itself yeah. looks fucking pretty impressive. And when does it say this came out? 2001. Yeah, Universal didn't fuck around back then, baby. Their collector's edition were some of the best DVDs I ever had. Well, some of them snappers that I had, yeah. like, I can't remember one of them was, like... Maybe that was that Creep Show, the old Creep Show release, looked decent through a Blu-ray player. I don't know. They're just compressing shit hardcore. Yeah. Like, if you get a modern DVD, it's going to be all compressed to shit. Don't buy anything from Warner Brothers because their, their stuff is just garbage, bro. <laughs> <It's> garbage. <laughs> no, it is. It's like either modern stuff is just so, like, ass. It's like not even. They, they, need, to, they need to make a momentary shift is what they need. <laughs> they need to get out the game. Like, they might as well get out the fucking game. Like, just <laughs> pass. I would rather their titles go to some fucking bloated boutique that's gonna yeah. charge fifty dollars a piece and like at least i know that they're gonna do it right or whatever and, and, and they're choose what i want like their you know? excuse their excuse too is like well we got warner archive well that's great but warner archive currently only releases shit from 1940s so what else what else you got yeah. fuckers yeah, that's their lineup for this year for whatever reason. Because there's a whole New Line out. Cinema catalog of thousands of films that... That fucking, people want to see that yeah. are, like, clamoring for you to put out. And they're like, yeah. nah, we're going to put out the... Yo- this month, we're going to put out the Yogi Bear movie. 
Yeah, it's, Yogi Bear movie, yeah. Montgomery Cliff classics. Yeah, like, supposedly everybody's just clamoring for this shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. know if this is like if the reason that they're doing it is because uh, it's public domain or what? It, what mm-hmm. is the reasoning for this? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know. This is where Gala's girlfriend's like, you know, I got the bus tickets. It's only $89 one way to go to Los Angeles, which, like, I know this is 1995 economics, but that's pretty amazing you could go across country for less than 100 bucks back then. Technically, it might be 94 too, because you'd think yeah. if, the, if it did it's actually filmed. officially come out in 95, which it didn't, but they must have been mm-hmm. – well, it's an independent film, so they might have been, like, shopping it around film festivals and stuff, seeing who would bite on it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. So let's talk about the director for a second. This is Alan Taylor. I thought it was his first film, but I think it's actually technically his second film. And uh, he did a couple independent movies that didn't go anywhere. And then he became a TV director. Uh, He did Game of Thrones. He did Sopranos. Pretty much a bunch of HBO shit. And then that got him back in the big Hollywood game. So then uh, Marvel took a chance on him because of Game of Thrones and had him do Thor The Dark World. And then Mm -hmm. everybody hated that movie, which I don't think it's his fault. It was Marvel's editing. Marvel re-edited the movie without him to take all the scenes of the villain out just to make their standard fucking garbage Disney shit. And then, like, because that hurt his career because everybody said, oh, Thor The Dark World is one of the worst Marvel movies. It's your fault. Yeah, he yeah he had to take the job to do Terminator Genesis, which which even though it has a couple cool it scenes in the beginning, well. it has a bad script, and then he took I, the blame for that. I watched it uh, not too long ago, and like I yeah. remember not liking it initially when I saw yeah. it. Like I didn't see it in theaters and stuff, but I bought the I got the Blu-ray from Dollar General here like yeah. maybe a year ago, and like I put it in, and I was like, this isn't a bad film actually, and like then I watched it, like I've, I think I, I love the like, first twenty times. minutes, yeah. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't think it's like the best film, but like, I, I was like, this is decent and stuff. There's a lot of CGI in it, though. So yeah, the the CGI. Was, what's weird though is like they they didn't turn around. They're like, we're gonna recover from Terminator Genesis and make Terminator Dark Fate. And I swear to God, works. Terminator Terminator Dark Fate is like very similar to Genesis. It's really it's, fucking it's, weird. It's, it's almost works. like a remake. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like it's a worse like remake. Yeah. Like I don't even. It's like, oh, yeah, we got everybody back, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, baby, it didn't help. Stop this shit like, now. Like the scenes of the Terminator, John Connor, and Genesis are literally exactly the same as the Latino Terminator and Dark Fate. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Like, like, like the action scenes are like, it's like they use the same animatics, like on the bridge and the truck. and It's like it's all the exact same shit. It's really fucking weird. Oh. But I... Uh, but, yeah, like, then his career got so bad, so um, David Chase, the guy who did The Sopranos, uh, felt bad for him and gave him the job, let him direct that Sopranos prequel movie, The Saints of Newark, which I actually really liked. I enjoyed Never that movie. That. I hardly watch any of Sopranos. But it really has nothing to do with Sopranos. I mean, unless you, like, know every episode of Sopranos, like, are you really going to know that? Which you do, right? No, I've never, I've never <laughs> yeah. watched The Sopranos, baby. Oh, really? Yeah. But I watched that movie, and it's like, they're they're like, oh, this guy who's like 15 years old turns out to be Tony Soprano's dad one day. It's like, well, okay, who fucking cares? Like, you know it what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it's like, you don't have to see the show. No, no. Yeah. But yeah. This is, so this is where they're all amazed that Forsyth has a girlfriend. Yeah, they come up with a scheme or whatever to put the, I don't know if you're there yet or if, if the rest of the crowd's there. Because everybody just, everybody bought, the, what like a good boy, bought the DVD from these cocksuckers. They couldn't even be bothered to put out the Blu-ray. We, we had to track down the DVD. I know, I remember when you bought it, you were like, hey, I got the DVD. The, the man who, the D, who says the DVD hurts his eyes. 
I literally <laughs> said that. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> but those were words that came out of my mouth. I that said is those. exactly what came out. Uh, of my yeah, mouth. like the quote. And like I don't know who it was, but somebody found the exact quote and read it back to me about thirty or forty <laughs> times over the last two years. Well, that's because I heard her. I just couldn't believe like that. But like I kind of agree with you to an extent. Not all DVDs. It's are the compression. DVDs. It's not every DVD. It's the ones that yeah. have the compression. You know what I'm talking about, Bat? The ones that are compressed so bad that like say a guy standing there and you see like an outline all around the guy's fucking body, and every time he walks, there's like little blocky squares like, that flash what, from the screen. What it looks like is he looks like stained glass. Like, yeah, it's like I hate that shit. Yeah, and it's like I get that with some of the lower quality like rips or if it's like a VHS rip and then I like try to run it through this bitch and it's like, yeah. But it's not even honestly, that's not even as bad as fucking these manufactured modern discs. Like I mean, a VHS rip actually looks better. I'm I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I was forced to watch a lot of DVDs lately. I watched Suburbia on DVD, I watched Kansas on DVD, I watched Palookaville on DVD, I watched Pusher Two on DVD. Oh, and like covered Kansas then recently? Yeah, that was the last episode came out a week ago. Oh, is that the one you did with Boo? Yeah. Oh. And um and like yeah, like I mean they were okay. Like I'm not going I will say this, if I watch them in the bedroom on the ten eighty P they look way better than they Mm. do. Like my 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 4K OLED is just too big. Like it makes it five worse. inch. It makes it way worse, dude. Way fucking worse. Yeah. Well, I can tell when it's a shittily shittily mastered fucking uh, movie. When and and by the way, Suburbia. I know I bragged it up on the last episode about how I had the 720. Yeah, you were so proud of that, it man. Look good. It looked really good. It's like the best we'll, it sounds it's good. because it's the best we'll ever see of the movie. Like again, yeah. just put but, it out on Blu-ray. It will look great. Yeah, well, that's what I said. Just like, just take that 720 and put it out and call it good since you lazy fuckers. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, and who cares anyway? It's not like anybody, like, if you didn't, if you didn't care about people saying, oh, it's just a DVD-R for your original DVD releases under Warner Archives. Like, why would you give a fuck if somebody called you out and said, this is just a 720? Like, people, people that like Suburbia are going to be grateful that they've got, like, this, well, this is the best we can get, baby. This is, this is all they're going to do, so. But, but 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 you know what though Paramount like Paramount was very anti physical media for a long time and then they had new people take over and they're like hey we need some money so like the last year and a half there's been a ton of old Paramount movies come out that uh, on Blu-ray for like eight dollar Blu-rays and like yeah. like some of them look shitty but I'm like I don't care it looks better than the DVD and like some of them are some of the worst Blu-rays I've probably ever seen but it's like and dude they're so obviously like. 720p masters that they made for tv back in like 1998 and shit but it's like it's better than fucking nothing dude it's better than the movie not being available at all you know what i mean yeah i mean i would rather them do if it's a situation like that like again suburb might might not look good on your uh that 720 might not look fucking good on your 4k but then then people are like oh 1080 like i've heard people say that blu-rays don't look good on their 4ks yeah so like you can't really win like listen and you've already got like the guys that are like 4k cucks that are like i'm gonna buy movies on 4k i'm gonna buy that because it's gonna come out on 4k well i've got news for you suburbia is not even gonna come out on blu-ray like they pretty much already decided they're not gonna release because it was 2018 when they released that dvd like they pretty much made how long it took to get that out dude. yeah they made an executive decision then that they are not going to put out the Mm blu-ray because the dvd apparently didn't sell that 
that well. And you know why the DVD didn't sell that well? Because people are waiting for the blue. They didn't want to double dip, so they're bu- and they didn't want to buy the inferior DVD, so they're waiting for you to put the Blu-ray out. Right now, I'm sure Suburbia is gonna like the day you put it out, or just okay here. Like, why don't you just license it out to MVD or um, do it, yeah. Severin or? Vinegar Syndrome, like, these guys are all playing in the different genre games now. VS yeah. doesn't just put out, I mean, they put out um, fucking Showgirls and stuff like, like, you know, Suburbia's got some sleazy moments to it. It, yeah. it could fit their mold and stuff, but I would think that MVD would put it out more more than likely, because that, that just was right in there, what they're putting out lately. So. Yeah, I think MVD's willing to push out. I think we need to come to a place, because the boutiques were putting out a lot of trash unknown movies, because that's all they could license for the longest right. time. I'm really hoping, like, the next three years, we can really get, a, like, a step up to where it's, like, it's okay to release regular movies. And MVD has done that. Like, they released, like... Some Denzel Washington movies like Out of Time, Basic Instinct Two, like uh, The Rock, Walking Tall. Like they they actually re-released shit that was already out on old ass Blu-rays, and they're just like they're just mm-hmm. like you know we we sell all kinds of movies to people, and we know sometimes people actually want to watch a real movie, not some fucking <laughs> shot on video garbage. You know right. Well, you know, like uh, again, I put um, I've got a couple of their releases now. I've now gotten two of their releases. They're really doing quality stuff. Is uh, Fun City. And they've made mm-hmm. a jump now. Like, I guess that some of their stuff is still, I guess, it's probably because they're like contractually obligated to like run certain titles through um, uh, VS or OCN or whatever you want to call it. And uh, but they've kind of made the jump now over to MVD and like uh, they're going to be running a lot of their titles over there. But like, again, I can't, you know, I, I pushed them real hard on um, the Breathless uh, release. Yeah. I was really impressed with that, and then, that's probably um, their best movie they've put out, wouldn't you say? Like quality-wise, just the movie itself. Uh, well, I'm gonna say that the the uh, transfer on uh, Walking the Edge, and this is like their first release too, by the way. But like mm-hmm. their first boutique release is Walking the Edge. I guess this is going officially going out of print. I don't think it's gonna make the jump. But yeah, dude, like I'm the transfer on Walking the Edge is like so fucking impressive, dude. Like it looks like it was made yesterday. Like that that transfer really blew me away. Um, the downside is though, and like I don't know, I never heard anything. Probably because this is just some like smaller and nobody. I don't know. It's a good movie, but like I don't know if a lot of people give a fuck. But they did yeah. send me a replacement disc. Like I didn't. Really? Yeah, to replace. Like it basically came with a replacement disc, and like I, technically this is like still sealed. And I just popped in because I'm like, oh, there's the replacement disc. So I was like, there was a replacement disc, so. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe the second run, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna make sure we fix everything." Because, like, dude, it looks like the first opening scene. I'm like, "Wow, this looks fucking. This looks impeccable." This is like, I couldn't. I, I was blown away. Like, the breathless transfer looks great and stuff. But like, when you start comparing, like, there's a few different transfers of it, and like, mm-hmm. some of them are different. Like, and you know, you yours is your transfer is different than my transfer. Yeah. Uh, the some of the stuff's brightened up a little bit more, but like this walking the edge is like because there was a DVD and I've seen I saw it previously like a couple years ago the DVD rip and the DVD rip looks pretty good actually for being something like um, that's like something that's just been forgotten or whatever yeah. I don't know it's pretty impressive so but I, I think that... I wanted to mention that movie because I think that Tarantino is. Um, a little bit of Reservoir Dog, who also like inspired from that film too, oh, as well. Sure. Like he he watched the shit out of that movie when he was. It, it wasn't just sitting on 
Like I, that's another thing. I love the. I got a nice rip of because it's really hard. I guess like the the DVD or the Blu-rays. I got a print or whatever for City on Fire. But yeah. I, we could cover that someday because I'm tired of like. And I don't know if you said it, but like I don't know. Uh, I've heard a few people be like, "It's a shot for shot remake." I'm like, "You you never saw it. Like you don't know your ass from a hole in the The not action shot scenes shot. are shot for shot, but the plot uh, is slightly different. Well, first of all, they go into the jewelry store and there's like a whole jewelry store scene. In, in Reservoir Dogs, I don't know what version you saw, but like there is no, they never are in an interior of the jewelry store. Yeah, they could they couldn't afford to film it. Yeah. So it is not a shot for shot remake in like um, it, whatsoever, and it's not even like, dude, I don't, I don't really. The only thing that's similar is like where they're pointing the guns at each other, and that's like a, such a small, it's like a bunk. Cop. But the part where the cops come, and I yeah, can't remember if it was Danny Lee and the guy double. double okay, I'll give you two pit. shots. Like there's like yeah. really two shots that are. And yeah, the plot's like similar, but like, dude, it, I mean, really, it's like, okay, I've been saying this for a while. Okay, like, if the uh, if a movie about uh, diamond heist and a bunch of gang of criminals and stuff like that is like original and only to the only film that ever did it was City on Fire. Okay, I'll give you that, but like, it's not really. Like it's been yeah. done a billion times, dude. Like he really, he really didn't rip any. And none of the di- the dialogue in City on Fire is dog shit. Like it really, it's like it's it's, it's, it's dog terrible. Shit. It's not even that good. Like I, grant I mean, it's a fucking movie stuff, from right? Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, the dialogue is not nowhere. Like you don't get that whole scene in the. Di- you don't get a. Di- I don't remember I, it being a diner scene where they're like talking. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Yeah, there is like where they're at the apartment, but like. What does he live with those girls or whatever? Like that has, that's not even like that's not even Tim like he's uh, uh Chow Young Fat supposed to be Tim Ross character, right? Like Yeah, yeah. That's not even the same backstory. I don't Dan- know. Danny hey, Lee is a Harvey Keitel's character. Fire, we should is it Danny Lee? Huh? Yeah. I I got to go back to the DVD dungeon and find my copy, but that's oh, I've had it? Yeah, I, I've I got to import DVD of it from fucking Asia, dude. Yeah, you've got it. Pretty much, you've got to import it. But like, I guess like it's getting really like I guess there's a Blu-ray or whatever. But like, it, they're really expensive in that DVD for some reason. Everyone wants that, so I don't know if they changed something. But yeah, it'd be great to like really get down and be like, because we've both seen. I've got the screenplay for Reservoir Dogs sitting here like so many times. I've seen that movie probably a hundred times or whatever. So I could literally. We don't need to do a side by side comparison because, like, we could probably do pretty, or we could be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, and really, really tally up how many scenes that Tarantino, because, like, I have heard people actually tell me that it's a shot for shot remake, and, like, I believe that they never, like, they've never seen the movie. Like, I'm like, that's, I have to laugh, and I'd be like, you never saw that movie, did you? You just heard from somebody else. Because, like, I hear that so much as a shot-for-shot remake and that Tarantino just stole the whole movie. And that's just not fucking true whatsoever. You know what was a, a, a movie that definitely was, and there's no debate about it, is I went this week to see Fast and Furious Part 10. And I was actually shocked to find okay. out that you it was a... That? Yeah, it was, it was a shot-for-shot remake of fucking... Uh, Death the, no, it was uh, what was that movie? The English Patient with Ray Fiennes from the nineties. Really? It was exactly the fuck same plot, everything. Yeah, Vin really? Diesel, Vin Diesel crash lands in his biplane, and that that widow takes him in. And it's just, I was like, where are the fucking car chases going to happen? Like, why do we have to watch these and, people fall in love for three and a half hours? There's never a car chase scene in the entire movie. Never. <laughs> I, like like the shit that they show in the trailers. I guess they just reuse from old movies. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, what are you are you shocked by how modern Hollywood and that they're remaking? <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> kind of bullshit. No, I like that scene a couple scenes ago though, where um, Forsyth and Gallo sit down. I guess because the only VCR is in Gallo's mom's room, and they sit down to watch Armored Car Robbery <laughs> from like the, the movie from the fifties. The and then his mom comes yeah. in. She's like, "I made popcorn." And they're sitting down watching. And then his, his yeah. hot sister comes in, and she's like, "Oh, what's on?" And she starts watching. And then the cop brother-in-law comes yeah. in. And he sits down and starts watching. And fucking lays his gun on the bed. Yeah. It's just funny that scene of all of them sitting around watching that whole ass movie. The brother I've never like the brother in law of like I don't know, he's a good actor and stuff, but I'm like yeah. I've never seen oh and then so Foresight just got dropped off. That was a gremlin right there. You know, like, you never yeah, the, his girlfriend before. drives that marine yeah, gremlin. Got a gre- that's a gremlin, dude. Like, see, like last time I saw a gremlin was like in nine not, like probably about late nineties, like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. This yeah. is the last time I saw a gremlin. I haven't seen a gremlin since. It's probably for good reason. I don't know if they were. I always heard they were shitty cars that they, like, died quick. Babe, you older than me. You probably, like, was born in one, huh? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we we weren't, like, as poor that we had a gremlin. We had, like, a little, we had, like, a little, uh, I forget what it was. It was a little station wagon. We called it the dragon yeah. wagon. But The fucking roach coach. Grocery getter. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I remember being in that car when it died, and my dad, uh, we had a shitload of, like, he took trips to Disney World and shit. And, um, Griswold. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I remember my parents saying, too, like, they didn't test drive it. They were just like, oh, we got a kid now. You know, we needed some kind of station wagon, whatever. They, just they bought, this bought it. They went to the dealer. Yeah, they just like, bought it. And, like, um, after driving it for a couple of days, they're like, we made a mistake. This car yep. handles like shit. It was too late. But that was the car I grew up in, and yeah. uh, I remember taking all the trips to Disney World and shit. And I remember it was like eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah. And like we, we, like we just came back from the movies, and it just like died on the road outside the movies. And like I remember because it, I can't remember how much it had on it, but it had like a shitload of miles, you know. So my dad just fucking like had to just towed to a fucking junkyard. But you guys made it to the movie that you were going. What were you going? It, do you remember? I don't remember that. I remember the theater. I remember where it was. Yeah. The theater's actually been torn down and rebuilt. It was really weird. Like, they tore down half the theater and built half of the new 88, theater. 88, 89. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Star Wars movie. No, no, no. They weren't making those back. Yeah. Disney hadn't thought to make Star Wars better again by buying it by that point. But yeah, I remember, I remember that clearly. It was weird because I I want to say it was me, my dad, and my maybe my cousin was with us because we were staying at my cousin's house while our, our new house was getting built. Did it have like there. the wood grain? It was like a woody kind of thing. It, it, it did like... have fake wood grain on the outside. Yeah. It was like brown with some fake wood grain just like on the doors. From that bitch going. And to I remember Disney. it had some plastic Disney ass home. interior too, baby. Like yeah. plastic. It was like tan plastic interior. Some kind of vinyl bullshit. It was vinyl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ashtrays on on the the back passenger for the kids to smoke, and mom and dad. I don't ashtrays remember. I don't over. remember that in that car, but I, I remember cigarette lighters in the back too, and those ashtrays. I know, like we uh, when I was growing up, we had a few car, quite a few cars. They had like uh, the cigarette lighter and the ashtray and everything back there. So yeah, we we had a car for a couple years after my grandma died. We took her car. And we eventually gave it back to my grandpa when he needed another car. But, like, yeah, that one had, like, the it, it had, like, more, like, the carpet seats. Like, I don't know what you would call it. Like, felt almost like mm-hmm. seats in the back of the seat. You would, like, roll that little thing down and you have those little ashtrays. And I was, like, I always wondered, like, how would you get the cigarette butts and shit out of there? Like, would you just, would you just, you just vacuum them out? You just pull, like, this, like, thing and then it just drops into the seat and it becomes um, filling, yeah. padding yeah. for it and stuff. The, yeah. yeah. 
You're fucking weird. They thought of everything back then. They're like, they when the when the when the padding goes out from like sitting in the seat, like you just refill it with cigarette butts and ashes. Yeah. It <laughs> makes it comfy. And this is this is where Gallo sees yeah. his girlfriend for the last time. Well, you're you're way you're way ahead of me, but yeah, Gallo. I'm 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 where they're putting the where they where the dog bit him, dude. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, they're getting ready to go get bit by the dog. Just pause it for like one minute, baby. We'll get, uh, we'll I did up. pause it for like you told me to pause it for twenty seconds. I did it. I'm still not caught. I don't know how the hell this happened, baby. Because you got the TV. Fuck it's a different frame rate, baby. He just finally lays when Gallo lays down with a cigarette under her and he does the drilling, like, and I'll hit. Yeah. They're literally just pulling up to the, the okay. junkyard right now. The, the, yeah, they've already killed the dog, and uh, Gallo's it's, like it's he's still getting underneath of the truck. He's got a lit cigarette, which I thought when I first watched it. I, I was know. like, yeah, that's not a good idea, bro. To be well, you that. notice every time they do a crime, and Gallo refuses to eat in this movie. Whenever they hand him food, he just puts a plate on the table and he starts. He knows smoking. that that kind of, that that fucking set food is not you know yeah. not supposed to eat. You don't even eat when McDormand hand him the little McDonald's type cookie, he just put that yeah. shit down like. Yeah. yeah, he's as, he's he knows better. He's like, I've got sick off fucking this TV movie. Yeah. This isn't even from crap. This shit you spray. He's trying to stay lean though, baby. He was muscular and lean when he took his shirt off earlier. Well, eventually he knew that he'd be fucking Paris Hilton and shit, like these these come these come dumpsters and come shit. Dumpsters, yeah. yeah, yeah. I and watched so, a film last come. night, or maybe it was early this morning about a come dumpster. It was it was interesting what she was yeah. saying. It was one of those verbal ones. It was a porno or. Yeah, but it was just like some Definitely. girl made it by herself. Like there was actually no guy there. It was just the camera set up and she was pretending. And then, and then later, like you ever see those ones where it's like a plastic dick, but they're pretending like it's a guy? Yeah. It was one of those. But yeah. the dialogue was very interesting. It was, it was actually kind of Kino, the shit she was saying, because she was saying like, I noticed you moved into the neighborhood and I see you with your wife, but you know, I'm the local cum dumpster, all the guys here, you know, and I, I make all the marriages and relationships better because I, I relieve the stress of the men in the neighborhood. It, like, I was actually buying it. I was like, oh, this is actually a good uh, scenario, good dialogue this girl's coming up with. This is for your film studies class you're taking, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you're Something. like, yeah, sure. Don't tell Boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Boo about this class. Gotta keep it on the down low. Yeah. But so some, we, sometimes you just gotta study cinema, though. That's yeah, you gotta understand. study all aspects of cinema, like the like the the cam horror stuff. Like you just yeah. gotta understand how like That's all stuff is made, like from um, OnlyFans, and like you just gotta understand yeah. every aspect so you're well rounded. And like, okay, I know yeah. about like if you run into someone, it's like I do movies, I do them like uh, cam. Home movies. Oh, I understand that side of the industry. Like, that's part of the industry yeah. and stuff, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, probably talking about shit like this, too, is probably why the, the downloads, besides the film choices, this is probably why. I, hey, I've listened to a Zach fucking uh, uh, cum-tastic episode where it's just about coming and it's <laughs> getting way better hits. I'm like, I'm yeah, starting to think that they like to hear about buckets like of cum being dumped on you and stuff like uh the old nickelodeon uh what would you do or one the of those where it was like slime yeah. but it's just what would you do with green slime it, green yeah game. it's white it's white it's pee <laughs> it's, it's the white, white pee yeah. uh, this is a shame zach's too busy all the time man i wish he yeah. could come come do some shows with us goddamn college kids and they're fucking too much education yeah yeah, yeah. Stay, just, is, stay, just 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 stay hey, stupid man. like us 
This, no, this is how we got our education back in the day. Yeah. We watched movies and stuff. Like, if I want to know how something was, I still, like, if I want to know how to work on my car, I just go to YouTube. It's yeah. fucking kids opening a book. You're never going to learn anything like that. You got to watch Vincent Gallo. Like, he's going to show you how to drill a hole in a fucking, um, in a, a radiator here and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, he's showing stuff you. out. Like, he showed you how to use a power tool and stuff. Uh, there's there's no book on Earth that would prepare you for what happens when the neighborhood come down or knocks on your door when your wife's at work and tells you what's been going on in the neighborhood like what book is going to prepare you for that i know right i love so, this too where the, like they're talking about because because forsyth got bit by the dog are we and, there did he crouch under there with a cigarette yet oh it, it's way after they're in the diner after that but it, the but fuck it, you were it, supposed it, to tell me i had a pause oh yeah let, okay. let it play you'll catch up baby you're speeding up you'll catch up. Right, I'm in the diner where are we at now like yeah. i'm Forsyth is walking up, but it was awesome how Forsyth is like getting up. He's like, I got bit by a dog. I killed the dog on accident. I hate that. And then, and then Gallo goes, okay, but pay for your coffee and your Danish. Okay. Before you make your dramatic exit. Okay. Before you walk out, pay for your food. (laughs) Damn. Damn. I am so fucking lost. It's it's unreal. I don't know, man. I'm I'm just not gonna. Fin- I'm just not on point with this film. I don't know what happened. I don't. I feel bad that this happened, but it's all right. It's Keno. It's Vincent Gallo. I mean, at least I, I, my fear in doing this episode, I thought we were gonna spend at least an hour and a half talking about uh, Vincent Gallo's semen sales that he had going on. Yeah, well, we were getting. I, I mean, before I realized that, like, uh, you know, you didn't tell me to hit play there. Where we, I was gonna try. I just said pause it for like a minute. I didn't say pause it and wait for my instructions. <laughs> I was waiting for. Hey, how am I supposed to know where you're at though if you don't give me your instructions? I was. Ta- I was talking about a momentary pause. <laughs> Just a, I a, a slight I felt detour. Like it was going too long, and I was like, "Look, I need you. I need uh, like you to like wink or something. I can't see you, yeah, but you know, yeah. just put your eyelash against the microphone." And I'm like, "Oh, that's you winking or fluttering." I like this Kino shot though, going going past the grocery store, and then it comes to them sitting in the car. I thought that was a cool Kino shot. It looked like something out of Reservoir Dogs. This movie, even looking at this fucking full frame DVD, this movie is very nice looking it's very well shot yeah no everything's good on it i mean i don't know why was it why are we getting full frame like is so are you telling me that there is a um uh a like letterbox version yeah like like the dvd has both it's one of those flipper dvds you can watch the letterbox version but it's it's not anamorphic so if you put on your widescreen tv it will be like blocked on each side all four sides so like what I what I was doing when I watched the first half, I put on the full frame and I just cropped it slightly with my TV. But then I was like, "Fuck it, I kind of want to watch the four by three shit." When I watch the second half of it, but yeah, they're getting ready to do the heist. They thought they were going to have to do the heist without Forsyth because it seemed like he quit, but he showed up at the last last minute, and then he uh, uses the tennis ball trick to climb underneath the armor truck to pull the little stopper out of the radiator. I guess we should have described that better when they were in the the kept calling it a junkyard but it was where they kept the armored cars yeah. and he drilled a hole in the radiator not a bad plan though i wonder if anybody ever really did this i think they brought like real guns and it wasn't just square guns painted it's a shame you can't get vincent gallo to um come do a movie like this anymore because he's he's got all that wild gray hair and that big beard he probably wouldn't even know how to be cool like this anymore yeah, I don't, you know, uh, so there's this other movie he did, like, some kind of, 
did he movie he did in France or Spain or something that looks mm-hmm. like I don't know real wild like because he's just into doing like these weirdo movies now where it's like yeah. three cast members. I found it. I was gonna bring it to your attention. I have not. I hadn't watched it yet. I was gonna bring it to your attention. It's like it's latter day stuff. I don't know. It's probably. It does look like it's only. It's from like 2008 or 2010. So it is like 10 years. Like he really isn't. He hasn't done anything in like. 10 I did years. see that on his IMDb, and I was curious about it. Yeah. Yeah, where he's like plays multiple roles. Like it's shot really well. Like you can see, it's like in HD. It's like a nice HD. Um, digital cameras or whatever maybe they shot on film it looks good it looks stylistically good i don't know i just saw some um frames and stuff from it so where are you at baby uh are they are they they're 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 driving they just put their mask on in the car they're driving behind the armored car okay okay yeah like forsyth is struggling to get those yeah all right i think i'm there now i think we finally synced up and like uh yeah synchronized our watches and stuff yeah and their, i don't know their brother what the fuck happened. this is the first time that because you were saying there was like some other shit and like i don't know if the the credits are weird because i most of the most of the films that we cover behind the curtain baby that they rips because like some of the stuff like <laughs> well, obscure, baby. Suburbia is, suburbia was a situation like i was not gonna go pay twenty dollars for a fucking inferior version knowing that there was the seven like 720 out here so i'm like no i'm just gonna get the 720 why pay for yeah. less well i mean they forced my hand on that one like Turned i wanted for to what? buy the blu-ray and they fucked me i would so. love to buy the blu-ray I'll yeah buy the blu-ray I would and i'll buy the shit out of the blu-ray no when they when they announced like their warner archives like i look i found a whole list dude yeah it's like all 1940s like 1940s yeah suburbia is not on there how many people have a blu-ray player that watched strictly 1940s films like i like don't get me wrong i'm all for film preservation i'm all for classic films but only 1940s not like a mix like you know what i mean right it's been long enough, like, 2018, you put the DVD out, like, it's 2023, what are you waiting for, 2028? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be into fucking 8K by then, There's a, yeah. home media is going to I can't wait dead. till 16K. I'm going to buy every single uh, <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon and Transformers film in 16K. Are they, t- are they stating that that's going to be, like, the definitive form, that's going to knock the side? I don't know, but the, they, they just unveiled the first 16K TV, so. What? yeah really so they're gonna Mm -hmm. jump so they're jumping from 4k to 16k they they got 8k out right now tvs i'm talking about yeah yeah but they're really expensive where Um, are they i haven't seen them in any of the stores i mean they just you'd have to go to like a place that really has expensive tvs what's going on like i like people are just now fucking starting to be able to grab a 4k tv i don't even have a 4k yet i don't even have the player yet i've been looking though i saw that i can get like i i've I've, i'm seeing some nice deals the 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 4k players are starting to come down um in price like the high-end ones mm-hmm. are like 200 i just saw like a deal on uh on on a high or higher end one for 200 208 dollars mm-hmm. but i'm still thinking about grabbing that sony joint baby that you heard some dad reviews on like i don't know which one was it yeah the baby so sony you said something and it didn't sound like it applied to me so like it didn't sound like it was going to be a quant because i'm running like the sony the 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 lowest i mean i've got it i've got better i've got another blu-ray player here but i just like these cheapo sony ones like the like the bottom tier blu-ray players 
Mm. And um, I know they make them with Wi-Fi. I run the ones that don't have Wi-Fi cards because, like, I don't know, they're yeah. so cheap. And, like, yeah, I mean, I get it. They're going to wear out. But then I kind of, like, run it hard, like, and leave it on for days on end and not feel guilty that, you know, like I'm wearing something. I get them for $10 a pop used, so. All right, BB, you ready for this? To prove it to you that AK is real. I went to Best Buy's website. I did the TVs. I filtered it. I went to the 8K TV section. They got 30 of them. Um, 30 the of them? The majority of them are from your boys, your man, Samsung. He's all up in the, the 8K. I love Samsung. The, the lowest price uh, 8K is it's on sale right now. It, it, it was 1600 It's on sale for 1000 You get a Samsung 55-inch Neo QLED. Which I wonder what your 4K would 8K. look like. Your 4K player wired up to one of those. Like, you think know, that it baby. would look better? All it's going to do is is make the pixel smaller. It might look better. Okay, that was the lowest price. It was on sale over 1000 The highest price one is the LG one. Yep, they're all, over, they're all over. They're like 1600 on Amazon, dude. Eight, oh, here's one for 1000 a 55-inch. 88-inch OLED 8K, $25,000, baby. Neo QLED yeah. 8K Smart TV on Best Buy right now. Samsung, yeah, yeah you can get it for 1000 baby. Yeah, thousand get so your AK. Are baby. you ready to do what so what's your what's your stance on this since you're so disgusted with four K right now? Like nobody's even thrown they're barely even throwing a four K feed yet. Most mm-hmm. most of the streamers. Like I don't we're, and you don't got we're so are we got eight K players already? Like no one <laughs> Well, I don't even think I don't even think that there's a four K player that upscales even to eight K. So it's like it's just you're basically getting the 8K TV with the 8K screen, 4K guts, because the, there's no new standard of like extra nothing, colors or extra. That's an 8K. I mean, no. yes, they're shooting films, and I hear that even old 35 millimeter can be taken to 8K. It, it, I think yeah. that's reaching the maximum. So really, like you're eliminating most of like cinema. Like you, you ain't like once you hit 8K, it's done. Like then you cannot think... push 35 millimeter film. Just to any further than 8K. Maybe. Real, real, real quick, let's actually talk about the movie here. This is the big yeah. climax of the the, the armored car robbery. So yeah. they accidentally Oops. rear in the armored truck when the guy stopped because the, the car broke down. They rear in, fucked up their car. The old guy gets out and is like, hey, what are you guys doing? Why you guys got masks on? They're like, we're robbing you. So he runs away and he starts shooting at them. They, they break out the back to get in to get the money there like you said there was an old guy back there he didn't have the 12 gauge shotgun like you said but he had a pistol so he took all the money ran off so they literally got zero money for robbing they were all they really didn't even rob the armor car they just fucked it up but it's a good thing because we're not completely to the end for what we have at the end here it's a good thing so yeah i I mean if you're in like my situation there's some like cable boxes or whatever mm-hmm. they're saying that like they're an 8k but i'm sure they're not even real 8k they're like taking 4k and like upscaling it or something or they're just taking your feed and changing it it'll probably look like weird or whatever but there is like literally this is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard because nobody's <laughs> sending 8k you cannot get an 8k player or buy an 8k disc a lot of boutique like grindhouse um releasing hasn't even started doing 4ks there a lot of boutiques don't aren't even putting out 4K discs yet. But, but you know you know what this is, baby. This is like, this I, is like th- I don't know. This this is this is like the difference between like a Ferrari and a Corvette. 
Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, hey, look at the new A-key TV. But, like, you're not even being able... That's what the, my whole thing is, like... Yeah, like, I want to buy a 4K player. And, like, granted, I'm not ready to upgrade the TV. So I'm not going to take full advantage of it. But really, it's about the, the companies that are putting out just the 4Ks. And like I can't play my 4K discs. Like I just I know like you're gonna you're gonna but you you've already bought from them once, made a mistake. But I'm sure you're gonna chastise me over this. But I did buy that from uh, I'm not gonna even name their names. But I got that Black Gestapo 4K, and he's not offering Ooh. the the Blu-ray disc for the Black Gestapo, which hmm. is a great exploitation film, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I don't think so. It's 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 just a great. Not even just black exploitation, but exploitation film all in general. And I don't think I don't know that if it's been released on uh, 2K. But yeah, he's like not even offering it. So I had to buy the 4K disc. So like, if I want to play this, and then like my Dawn of the Dead set's been sitting over there sealed for two years. Oh god, baby, that's the worst. That's I know worst, when man. it's just like you know, uh, yeah, it's coming on a Blu-ray, whatever. But like, I'm not paying those scalper prices for that when I've got get, all. Get, for, for right now, you go to the thrift store, baby, and for three dollars, get that Anchor Bay <laughs> old set of Dawn of the Dead because those I DVDs. It. I bought it when it first came out. Okay, those DVDs look so much better than they have any right to. But I, I want to. Th- uh, this was one of my favorite scenes in the movie after the heist or the yeah. failed heist everybody feels like a failure i love gallo he goes home and he's about to go in his house he's like fuck this i want to see my girl to make me feel better so he climbs in her window and all her shit's gone she left yep. she went to LA she left with california him. yeah yeah and i love that he goes on the floor and he finds like just like a, sh- a generic little brochure about los angeles and he takes yeah. it and he, and he puts it inside his jacket pocket and then like she left a couple little things behind. Like he picks up a sweater off the floor and he kind of holds it. I, I thought that was a great scene. That was actually the most emotional scene I think in the entire movie. I liked that scene. But yeah, baby, I can't believe you thought that I I wouldn't have that, Donna. I mean, I'm like a I I I'm obsessed with that. That's one of my that's up there on my top ten. Baby. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I remember taping it off. Uh, Cinemax and like was a 96 or whatever and yeah so I remember renting it from the video store that's how I saw it baby um, I'm, none of my videos surprised because someone stole it so I rented it from a fucking Kroger video store baby imagine that but uh no that as soon as that fucker dropped I went and got it like as soon as yeah, I knew too. like it, I was like uh, get in the store and I went and got it from a Suncoast video and actually I got a mm-hmm. deal on it because um I could have sworn it came out like around the fall or whatever right I think it did I think it Yeah did, so right? it was like my birthday or whatever so I took like birthday money I think I was I think when that came out I just turned like 17 or 18 or whatever yeah. cuz I was young I was like early 20s or something Yeah no and I I grabbed it up immediately and uh yeah no that's it no, it's everything plays and stuff. But like you can tell, I watched the fuck out of that set because it is not mint or anything. But baby, yeah, the corners. I I try to take care of mine the best I could, but that cardboard doesn't age well, baby. Yeah, and then the like what's on the disc or whatever on the back is like yeah. just glued on by like one dot of yeah, that, yeah. that sticky glue. So it's on there and stuff. But like I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, basically the the second sight set is pretty much the the modern equivalent to that. Like it, it really it they they tried to duplicate that set. They did. It's very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here we have the end of the movie. They, the cops come and round all the guys up, and like they don't tell, like they're not on an arrest or not. They're just like come down to the station with us, and everybody's like, okay, like they think they're going to get questioned, basically. Right. They're, sit, they're sitting in a waiting room with a bunch of mobsters. They're like, oh, these are all the criminals waiting to get questioned about some bullshit. Like they, they think they think they got them dead to rights with the failed armor car heist, but 
it's actually a much better uplifting ending mm. when you say baby yeah so basically uh they're being awarded for saving the 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 guy that had a heart attack around the beginning of the film yeah so if they would have gotten caught red-handed this never would have happened and yeah. like i don't know never would have worked out that way so i, I, I... I love it though when when they're reading out like oh and they they brought the truck back and you know the brought back the thirty thousand dollars and watch the the look fucking gallo gives the yeah. other guy he's like see i told you fucking dummy whatever <laughs> he's like oh man i regret that one yeah he's like we could have had that they, they really could have had that money so fucking easy yeah but then vince gal's like all right we, we're heroes okay yeah okay. i guess i like and then he should have had like a line like I guess our life of crime is over. We got to get real jobs now. We can't be doing this shit anymore. It's it's yeah. It's really not that happy of an ending though, because like yeah, uh, the Adam Trust guy, like he he gets you know like things like the, the I don't know like the relationship's better between him and his girlfriend by the end of the right. movie. And then Forsyth has his new girlfriend. Right. She moves in with them. But Gallo yeah, lost like okay. I thought for sure Gallo was going to run off to L.A. try to go find his lady. He might have. Yeah. We don't know, so because the movie really ends like right here after they get handed the plaques and the awards. Like, there's no, there's no like monetary reward. Like, it'd been nice if they gave them like a thousand bucks each or something, but, but they don't really give them shit. It just ends with them being on TV. This film is like a kind of indicative of that independent spirit, and that's kind of, I guess, what drew, drew me because I was watching a lot of films around this time period, and like, uh, that's when IFC and Sundance. Like, I don't, I. I what is IFC shows like what Law and Order or some shit? Yeah, like it's it's not like they should legally be forced it, to change their name. Yeah. That independent film channel. What are yeah, you talking about? That? That's not even like. And they, remember when originally they didn't have commercials or anything like that. Yeah. No. I remember it was real avant garde and shit when it first came off. Yeah, dude. Like, oh, well, I remember hearing like um. I remember hearing about it for like, cause it's been around since what, maybe 95, 96 or something. I'm pretty sure it was on direct TV when we got yeah. direct TV in 96. Well, oh, what I got, we, we got this shit called uh prime star originally that got okay. bought out by direct TV or dish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had this prime star and it was on there and I was just like, dude, this is fucking awesome. And, um, I started getting exposed to all the stuff that like, I don't know, I probably would have eventually seen it, but like, I don't know. That kind of gave me like more because I don't know what I was watching <laughs> leading up to that. Like, yeah, you know, I talk a lot of shit about slashers, but that's pretty much all like I was watching for like, I don't know, in my like when I was like nine, 10, 11, 12, like, I don't, you know what I mean? That was, yeah, you was obsessed just, with slasher movies as a little kid. Yeah, I, remember I was, you I was that. pretty hardcore. I would go to like all these video stores and like track down the most obscure stuff. So like pretty much I've seen it all and like really. I don't know why I was so entertained by this shit like back then, or I guess it was the splatter stuff and like just like being into the special effects artists and just being uh, fascinated by all that stuff. But yeah, then once I Sundance and there was some stuff that like, yeah, I'd probably watch now, but I was just like, nah, it's a little too artsy fartsy for me, baby. I guess you could say Buffalo 66. I don't know why I was mesmerized. Probably because, like, the Yes music. And he goes into that. It's very gritty, though. And... Yeah. With yeah, the it's tits everywhere. Gritty. It's very yeah, gritty, baby. And, you know, he's, and his, like, and his friend was mentally still... retarded. And, yeah, like, yeah, you, and you didn't really Vince... see that portrayed in a lot of movies back then. Vincent Gallo's cussing, like, every 
three lines and like fucking I'll bite your cheek or, and I'll shit you out. Yeah, that's the greatest <laughs> fucking line ever put into a motion picture. Like eat your heart out, Quentin Tarantino. Like you can't yeah. write, you can write good dialogue. Like I, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll get you, to it. You know eventually. what though, Matt? I, th- I think you're being a little harsh though. I think you're being a little harsh. Like why does it always have to come back to insulting Quentin Tarantino? I rather that we insult the people writing the shitty Disney movies now. <laughs> Because their movies are getting played in the theater way more than anybody else. You know, with Tarantino, well, Tarantino's like, really, he doesn't really deserve, I don't know if that he's made any movies that is like on the fucking Kubrick level, but he has seems to have like pull. And that's why it's like, why are you trying to jump out of the business now, baby? You got more pull. It's starting yeah. to look like you got more pull than Scorsese does yeah. or like fucking Ron Scorsese's, Howard. Like, Scorsese's an internet filmmaker now, baby. Yeah, like if he tries, he's going to have to like do some finagling, which 10, 15 years ago, yeah, basically they'd let him do anything he wants. But like, I don't know if they'll do that now. Like, something's happened. There's some, been some kind of rift where like, yeah, he might not get green lit so easily but Quentin Tarantino says I want to make a movie about someone farting like the entire movie and they'll be like well it's QT it's gonna be interesting we can Um, make this work baby like a movie critic who farts let's give him 120 million yeah, it's just a wet fart the entire movie. That's this picture. He's like, I'm gonna this person farts. Wet, wet fart is a Quentin Tarantino like picture. Yeah, and I can see like a fucking uh, uh, movie exec like frothing at the mouth, rubbing his hands together. Like, this is genius. I, we can make this work. Uh, I can come up with a marketing ad package and. Um, yeah, we could have like a big standee with it. You go up, you walk past it, and it farts. And uh, we could, well, yeah. we could show it in Stinko Vision and get cards and stuff. And uh, you know, but like when these when these fucking idiots get in the movie theater or they get it on streaming for free yeah. and everybody's farting, like imagine what that's really going to do for us as a company. That's going right. to be huge. We'll become the fart studio. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, really, he is, like, I don't know, Sony's sucking his dick. Like, basically, that's who he's jumped to. Because like, Sony's hard up, baby. If you look at their movies, they're well, all B-movies They're willing now. to give him all the money he wants. Like, look at, yeah. he, they financed fucking, you, you can take one look at fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and st- yeah. see that that one wasn't cheap to make. No. Like, you're literally going well, all Well, even up. his other movies, I heard, because he does, like, Kubrick style, <laughs> he legit does 40, 50 takes. He'll just shoot the same scene all day till it's right. Like, he never pays attention to this schedule and always nice over. to his actors he's like yeah. treat him like shit and stuff like he does have him crash car like drive cars and stuff he doesn't treat him the way vincent gallo treats his actors <laughs> christine Ritchie. i don't know she was drunk the whole time okay i mean i guess it was fine for what it was but she was drunk she smelled like cough syrup i don't know <laughs> Like let, let's be for real though, all that shit was like after he wasn't really like yeah that shit to he, him. He was mesmerized by big titties because I remember <laughs> I remember him saying I remember I took my girl and we went to with this Disney remake and Christina Ricci was twelve years old and I was in love with her and my girlfriend I didn't even care about her anymore I was just in love with Christina Ricci like that's what he that, I remember him saying that in an interview for Buffalo sixty yeah. six at the time the movie came out but then like ten years later he's on Howard Stern whatever the fuck he's saying later, that like a year later yeah he's like shit. I don't know she smelled like cough syrup okay she smelled like cough syrup they come in it's kind of like, Ben Gazzara great Angela Houston she hated yeah. me Christina Ricci smelled like cough syrup yeah. 
And then he worked with uh, uh, what's his name? That one actor, his friend there, whatever. He worked on with him on Goodfellas, but like I don't even yeah, think yeah. realize because they must have not even been in the same. Kevin Corrigan, yeah. Yeah, he he didn't wasn't in the same scene. No. Uh, like because he's like the little bro. He's making like the the pot the the uh, marinara sauce or whatever, yeah. and like so they probably didn't even work on the same day. And I don't even think. Honestly, when he was talking about casting him, I don't even think he real. I don't think I don't even think he knows to this day that he was. They were in the film together. I, he probably never even watched it. He does yeah. seem like the type of person that's like, I don't watch myself. I can't. Uh. Yeah, yeah, he don't get. You know, you know, it'd been awesome if uh, Tarantino would have cast Vincent Gallo as the bartender in Death Proof instead of playing it himself. Can yeah, you I imagine. Think that- yeah, I think that would have been great. Honestly, he yeah. could have been great as um, fucker Russell. He could have played stuntman Mike. Man Mike, dude. Like he, he, he is a great actor, and like he I is. would like to see him because um, he doesn't seem like a type of actor that's gonna sit there and like tell a director like yeah. how to make a movie or whatever. No. He's just like there to work. He's not trying to yeah. be, play director. That's too much work for him. So I think that he would be perfect for Tarantino because I don't think there'd be like an ego thing. They'd be like, all right, what do you want me to play? Like. All right, I'm gonna play it. Give you 110 percent. Because because I imported, I think it's called like hide and seek, or I can't remember what it's called. But I imported that movie where him and Jennifer Tillier are a couple. Yeah. And like and like he works at this fertility couple uh, clinic, and uh, Daryl Hannah comes in to get um, like whatever treatment so she can have a baby, and she finally gets pregnant. So like then he kidnaps her, and like basically they're just gonna like like they basically chain her up for like nine months in the in the. the basement of their house and like they're going to steal her baby once it gets born and kill her like it's it's pretty pretty interesting movie sounds like you need to be covering i need to check that one i saw about that but then i i saw those two the the actors and i was like how could is this one of those like because there's a movie i watched where he goes to like spain or something or it's italy with his family because they're all like italian and it's like a comedy it's actually on the level of like palookaville but more i haven't seen that one i gotta see it it's fun. It's good. Um, he pretty much is playing himself, but like you know, fr- really friendly. Like that's m- actually, I think that film is probably more accurate. Just the interviews yeah. that I've seen, the latter day ones where he was on Howard Stern. That's actually, I think he was just playing himself. Like I think that's yeah. really what he's like. Really jovial. He's not yeah. really a negative person. He's really nice guy, and yeah. I don't think he's really an ass. I think. When the camera gets, you, on you think there's a shtick like when he, when he badmouths everybody? I think he is an asshole just because yeah. like it's fun and he can get live with it or whatever. Yeah. Like like when you're on Howard Stern, there is like there is like a little bit of mean you know mean spirited. Yeah. Like I don't know, man. I mean that one actress, what's her name? Fucking killed herself after doing the interview with Howard Stern. So like what? Really? Who was that? Uh, the one from uh, was it like Family Ties or, or oh. I don't know, one of them? shows the one that one girl she like did that howard stern and then committed suicide like the next day i guess she was like suicidal but they everyone like is still blaming it on howard stern and thinks that he never heard of it what did that happen like in the 90s or something yeah i think it happened at the end of the 90s but no you remember i don't know if you remember like when anna nicole and he would like get real crazy like talk really shitty to her too as well a um, bunch of yeah, women bunch of women if they were like ditzy dummies he because yeah. like he could get away with it too because they were kind of ditzy dummies he would like tell them how stupid they were and stuff and they wouldn't um, even like realize that he was saying it because they're off yeah. of land and i remember him saying stuff like that like oh you're he always say 
He's weird how he says he'll be like, "Oh, you're gorgeous, baby," but you're you got bra- you got no brains, and like they just like, Ha-ha-ha. and it's like he just told you that because they don't they don't care as long as they right. look good. They he don't care. A stupid what cum dumpster is basically Cause, cause, what he's cause, told you. I mean, that's that's one skill that as men we never had, bat, and we never will have is like the thing about a beautiful woman who's like say 22, 23 years old is that beauty's going to last forever. It never goes away. Uh, so I mean, D- Dana Plato, that's who was. Oh, <laughs> Dana, I thought. I think the player died of a drug overdose, though. Yeah, but the like the next day that she did the interview, she was on the Howard Stern like the night, the day before. And then yeah, I had a crush on her as a kid. Next, she was Kimberly on different strokes. She was pretty well, hot. Well, what? Go ahead and pull that because you can watch that interview on YouTube. Yeah, I'll pull like, it up sometime. He was like basically treating her like shit, and like they were all yeah. like getting her and stuff and making her, and she was like crying and stuff like that. So like, it definitely didn't help bro like yeah. you know like yeah i do see it as like i mean in this day and age like that's the weird thing he like hates donald trump and is like all mm. like oh i so thought he was friends with donald trump i always had him on the show and shit no he's like when it, he even said like basically if this fucker runs again he's gonna like run for president like he's gotta stop mm. this motherfucker he's such a piece yeah he was buddies with him when it was making him that's the weird thing about him it's like when it's good for your when it's good for your fucking um you know plays or views or whatever and you're making money off it like you're loving it and stuff but basically when it's like hey this affects me or something like i don't you know he's he's weird like it's just like he sounds like some kind of crusader nowadays for everybody Mm -hmm. that's you know um disenfranchised or whatever but at the same time like he, he listened to him in like 98 and he's just like He's the worst. He's like the worst human yeah. being. Like he's just like fucking bottom. I remember he was always on there when you have like the bimbos and shit on, and he and he always be like, "Oh, when are we going out?" And he always be like, he'd be yeah. like, he'd be like, yeah. he'd be like, "How old are how old are you?" And whatever age they said, he goes, "Oh, really? That's the age I date." And they're like, "Really?" They they always be like, "Aren't you married?" And he's like, "No, my wife died." She's they're like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, my wife. And, and, like, you notice he always did that with the first wife. His first wife was always dead, and they were divorced, yeah. so they broke up. And then, like, once he got he got divorced for real and then got his new wife, like, I don't think he says that kind of shit anymore. Well, now he's married, and he doesn't do it. Yeah, he really – I don't know if like, – because I feel like he's been married a few times or whatever, like three times, I think. Like I thought it was just second. I thought he was just I thought on he was second. on his third. Maybe he isn't. But, yeah, I noticed that he doesn't – like, he doesn't hit on these girls anymore. Like, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the weird – and then he – I guess like, are you horny wife, or not? Yeah, the wife he would just like, oh, oh, baby, it's just my character, my my yeah. uh, on radio my personality, yeah, yeah, my persona or whatever. But I don't know. I've also heard him say like, basically, I had I was all fucked up and basically I'm narcissistic type person. But I got counseling, and he was critiquing Trump, and he's like, you need to get help. There's no excuse. And I'm thinking to myself, what's what about Dana Plato? And so, what was yeah. the excuse for that, dude? Because Dana Plato had a son, I think. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, just the whole, like, he didn't help matters, and, like, he never came on and been like, you know, obviously it would be um, admission of guilt or whatever, but, like, you'd think that, like, you'd be like, look, you know, maybe we did go a little too far, I don't know, I hope that we didn't lead to her suicide and stuff like that, and I'm like, if so, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll pay the family money, I'll pay for the burial, like, I feel guilty, yeah, like, you know. 
I'll do something because people are saying that. But he just like pretended like it never happened. Like, of course. Uh, and then the next day, he he fucking had lesbians on the show, dildoing each other or whatever the fuck he did. Maybe or he had fucking. Yeah, I, I gotta on. say, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I was on. I thought he was very funny for a long time and all that yeah, kind of shit. Dude. I used to watch his E show, but he's yeah, a wankster, dude. If if the neighborhood cum dumpster knocked on his door, he'd be scared and he would run away. Interestingly enough, one of the writers for Sleaze Fiend, he writes for uh, Pete's Magazine. He does like a blog and stuff. He used to be the producer, and the only reason I knew this is because he did a whole thing on because he was um, he, he where he was at on nine eleven and stuff and like. Mm that and yeah so he was the producer of the e show and everything and he's like super really nice guy he really does like exploitation and like sex kitten stuff russ meyer and like all these chicks and stuff that's what his blog's on and stuff but he's a really nice guy um anyway yeah like he he worked on it i I wish i'd man i could probably get him on here actually like he does live in beverly hills like because his wife's a big tv producer i'm not gonna throw out there yeah don't don't throw don't blow him up yeah. yeah, I don't want to blow him up, but she produces a pretty big sh- daytime show or whatever and, and, mm-hmm. and everything. But he's a really down-to-earth guy. I bet you he would um, – we could get him on here if you if your listeners would be interested in something like that. Of talking I don't about... know if we have any listeners to be interested at this point, to be honest. Well, you know what? A shitty okay, – or, may- so... or maybe if we got him on, maybe we would get some more. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we could talk to him about the old Howard Stern days and, like, what that was like uh, being – because he pretty much produ- – he was the main produ- – like, the lead line producer, whatever you want to call it, yeah. for the the E. Ha- ha- Howard Stern show. I thought the E. show was the best thing about Howard Dude. Stern because we finally got him on the market in Cincinnati, like, later on. And, like, I would listen, but, it, like, yeah, the E. shit was always the best yeah, shit. Oh like, One time I was watching – and they forgot to put up the fucking black bars or whatever and there was like chicks i mean it didn't i guess looking at it it doesn't break fcc but it's it what it's it does cable. Is, you can do what you want you just don't have to worry about advertisers. i don't know if they did it on purpose or somebody was like yeah i'm gonna run this without any and so you could see the girls were buck wild and i was like what's going on here like it was around the end and stuff i was like yeah. whoa i've never seen this i'm like but then i started looking into it and it was like they didn't break any laws or anything it's just like this etiquette that they like oh so we can get younger viewers and stuff like because weren't they running the um was it the playboy thing Mm -hmm. i don't know or was it like kardashians or like they had some kind of they had the the hef's girlfriends i forget what it was called yeah okay so and that did reach like a teenage and that was on like late but uh i don't know i think like Maybe it was like the downfall or whatever, and like some guy was like, well, "I'm just gonna run this without the black bars and see if anybody noticed." Because it's not like late at night. Could it just have been an honest mistake? They could have been rushing to get the episode out and been like, "Oh shit, we forgot to put that on there," you know? Yeah, but the whole episode was like none of the girls like, because you know he'd have them all buck wild and stuff in the yeah. studio. But then after he like, because something happened with CBS or NBC or whatever, whoever the mm-hmm. affiliate that he's, and he had some kind of fallout, and then he went over to Sirius, yeah. the satellite radio but then he started this pay-per-view show yeah i know that, I've seen that. that was completely buck wild like that's yeah. you know you're paying for that and like the i remember the first one he had was like this um i still got a copy of it my buddy taped it he would like tape every episode for me uh because he had some kind of little uh pirate box and yeah. it had like four satellites that like got every fucking basically every satellite lock it yeah and, and, and yeah everything was unlocked and he'd run like his laptop into the box and it would go in there and like uh, um 
unlock all the channels. I'd have to run for it through it for like a day. He'd be like, all the channels are locked. We're going to have to run this. And then it would go in there and unlock everything. It would take like a day. Like you'd be have to be without the service for like a day. But yeah. it was worth it because basically all the new movies and stuff were out, uh, all the new pay-per-view movies. And yeah, it unlocked all the porno channels and everything. So we got all the shit for free. And he would like make me copies and uh, like whatever a cart new cartoons on Adult Swimming. He'd hook me up with this mixtape VHS. But yeah, the first one I remember it was like a naked basketball. Mm. Howard Stern, naked basketball thing or whatever. And uh I think that's what it was or something like that. Anyway, it was like he was like not like he was like um on the E show where he was like really like nasty to the guests and stuff. He was always really nice to the guests, but it was like ultra sleazy, you know, as far as like he, he would go even more extreme because he could get away with more nudity and sex and stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, I saw um, uh, Conan O'Brien on there and he because kept on oh, Conan O'Brien seemed like this is back when he got started and he seemed uncomfortable. He just kept pressuring him to tell him about his sex life and it's just like. Yeah, what is this, Doctor Ruth? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I just, it just like once you know somebody's a wankster, though, it's like how much tits and lesbians and whatever can you really have when you know, like, it's like because like, with... those, those girls were throwing it at him, dude, and he was just like talking a big game on the air, and not doing anything. But like at the same time, it's just like really limits your so because like you got Conan O'Brien here, and the guy's written for National Lampoon magazine. That's where he like started, and then he wrote for like a lot of people don't even know that he wrote for like a long time for uh, The Simpsons. Yeah, that's how that's how he got it really his big start. Well, National Lampoon got him the the Simpsons, him writing comedy for the National Lampoon magazine, and then that when that went under in like the early nineties. Wasn't the National Lampoon thing like more like his college years? Like, yeah, well, that's what a lot of them, but dude, honestly, all the Saturday, like the 90s Saturday Night Live writers and like all the mm-hmm. writers, like honestly, all the comedy is probably up through the early 2000s. Like, most of the comedy writers that were writing comedy came from that era, that like eight, mid to I don't know, just 80s and the 90s era of National, National Lampoon magazine and like. I don't know, like, most of the, that's pretty much where they would be, like, send them to see if you were going to, if you wanted to write comedy and stuff for the for the big leagues, whether it be TV or, like, out, off in Hollywood and writing movies and stuff. That's where they, like, sent, told, recommended that you start out was yeah. that Lampoon, and then, like, you got your connections from there and stuff. So a lot of, like, and comedians, too, like, stand-up comedians were writing stuff for that, so... But, yeah, Conan O'Brien's, like, once he got his own show and shit, like, I remember masturbating there i mean this shit was mm-hmm. fucking brilliant dude but <laughs> i know i know there's a lot of good shit so let, let's wrap up real quick on palookaville like what, what are your final because you're like oh like i i mean it's, it's it's a very minor movie it's some good gallo but like i just think it's a yeah. nice representative of um like how kind of fun and casual and kind of goofy um like independent movies were at the time it's a good microcosm of like what the independent films were at the time yeah i don't Quirky. think it's i don't think it's gonna like yeah because like i remember when we started talking about it when we did buffalo 66 and like i guess i just remember it being better but like maybe it's just because i really enjoyed it then yeah. and like i don't know Same and then i just kind of saw it recently and then i thought it was a little bit more mediocre than i'd remembered and um but it's not a bad film and stuff like it's not gonna it's like it's not going to knock your socks off like Slacker or Clerks no. or uh, Reservoir Dogs or some of these other independent hard hitters. It was like stuff Spike Lee was doing, like, or whatever, whoever. I mean, whatever was 
Bad Lieutenant's another fucking indie, like, you know, of the 90s and stuff like that, too. Um, yeah, we gotta cover that, man. Yeah, like, I, you know, it's not gonna knock your socks off like that stuff or anything. Even Welcome to the Dollhouse or something like yeah. that uh, from that era. And then, like, when you get, I think, 99, um, Ghost World came out, and that was another, like, of that era, like, of that, I guess it's got this flavor. It's got this yeah. 90s independent flavor that Buffalo 66 has, Clerks has, Slacker has. Not just late 90s, just like 90s in general. But there's a certain flavor of that era, and you took in so much of it. Yeah, dude, that was like that was like the thing. Honestly, dude, like I just feel like I got fucking tricked. I got honey dicked, man. Like this independent cinema that came on in my early teenage years and lasted really into my very early 20s that's what fucking made me like a dummy go out to move to la and try to become a filmmaker and then like by the time i got there in 2004 like that shit was over it was time it was time to fully embrace michael bay's transformers and do dumb shit and it was just like i don't know like just even like i remember going to movies when i lived in la man it was like every year it was like because you know i really got there late 04 and it really took me to like 05 06 to like you know get get established and just doing little things and shit and i just remember going always going to the movies every week and this like just movies getting lesser and lesser all the fucking time yeah well even like 10 years ago um independents were still like i don't know to it just depends, like, if you were, like, shooting with a somewhat of a budget or whatever, like, independent stuff, like, where people were talking and stuff could still could still attract a crowd and everything and, like, definitely get talked about and stuff. Now, if you had a movie where people are talking about yeah. it, you're going to get all the fucking uh, superhero action, yeah. whatever, that have to have something happening every fucking five-second cucks. Like going, because I mean they shit on um they shit on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because they that's all they yeah. were doing was talking, yeah. you know and uh, they like, just... but don't you want to see people being like don't you want to see actors portraying human beings or like what the fuck do you want to see no, you know what I mean they want to they want to see superheroes dude like they're tired of this like they want out of this reality like we're living I think here's a I mean this might be not summing everything up but like. Most of these kids just, like, play video games and are in this, yeah. like, technological fantasy world. TikTok. And they, that's comfortable, and they don't want... It's like, I, I was talking to Mac, and he thought that that Ready Player One, and I was like, yeah, like, the first ten minutes when it was, like, seemed like a dystopic film, like, it yeah. was cool, and I was like, oh, is this what... It's going to get into, like, what the problem is out here? And then it gets into this video game world, and then you're like, okay, so they're going to find out that why this is, like, dangerous, and this is going to be, like, an after-school special, like, something's going to happen. But no, no. It actually embraces it and tells us how much, oh, you know what, baby? Your world can be so shitty, and, like, you could be living in a dystopic world, but we got a VR video game that you could escape into, and you'll meet all these cool people on there, and everything will be great, baby, even though, like, you're starving, and, like, uh, like there's no clean water, and, like, it's eating up like a motherfucker, and pretty much, like, you're gonna die here in, like, the next yeah, 10 years. Yeah, in, but... the end of that movie should have been them smashing the video game for good but instead yeah, it was well, instead it was just like problem. we're in charge of the video game now right. so even though the real world sucks but it made it like there was no like bad it was like actually just like a story about how great this vr and that's yeah. actually part of the problem too as well but like they don't tell you that like it's not even really i don't know man if it was made in 1995 
we would have had like yeah it would have been like um uh, existence where it's like yeah. we still in the video game like this is scary because it's blurring reality with fantasy but no david cronenberg it's steven Sp- i don't even know if steven spielberg directed it but he what they he, claim he, he did but how much can you direct a, a 98 percent cgi movie dude yeah. like come on or are you gonna tell the animator what to do on it like, 20 wow. years from now steven spielberg just like the whole ep <laughs> thing 20 years from now Steven Spielberg's gonna be on his deathbed, being like, "I I regret making Ready Player One because that basically that shit ruined the planet, and now we are all starving because instead of growing crops and shit and doing being productive, kids just want to stay inside their houses and play video games, basically." Yeah. Like we can't get nothing. Like I can't get nobody to work on my car. I can't get nobody to like do anything anymore because they're too busy in this fantasy world. Like they don't want anything to do with reality. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, man. That's like, it's just movies like that. That's what what's out here and like, I don't know. Nothing against Mac. If you listen out there, buddy, like I know you like good movies and stuff, but I don't understand. Yeah, Mac, Mac likes some good movies. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't yeah. Shit no, on Mac him. does like some good movies, but I don't understand other than like I don't know. He's a little bit younger than us, so I don't. Yeah, know, and I know he plays a lot of video games. I don't think he's always playing video games though. But he plays maybe a lot. He does play a lot. He does a lot of live streaming. I think though. that's the problem, buddy, and why you like that movie. And like, hey, I play video games and stuff too, but like, I don't. I I I see there being a problem out here because, like, man, I go. I mean, I'll be driving through towns and I won't see anybody, any of the kids, like, out roller skating or no. playing a skateboard or the, the playgrounds are empty. There's no children. It's like Freddy showed up and killed all the children as a sniper. Yeah, it's like, what was it, Nightmare 6, where they went to the town and there was no kids left? <laughs> no kids anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what these towns look like, man. And you think I'm exaggerating. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't. Yeah. It's like, really. It's like, if you see a kid out on a skateboard or something, it's like, whoa, is that kid like a time traveler? Is, he does not belong in this era. So, shame on the parents for like... Because we played a lot of video games, but during the summer, my dad would literally, he would kick me and my brother out and lock the door. And, like, he'd say if we wanted a drink of water with the garden hose. Like, Oh, my God. My dad is pretty hardcore, but still, like. I just remember going out and playing in the woods, like, all day long. Well, I wanted to go out anyway, but, like, we did want to come back and eat. Like, who knows what he was up to, whatever he was like. Hey, lock the door so you can't get back in. He, he, he might have found the neighborhood cum dumpster. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, who knows? Like, he did smoke a lot of grass and shit. And, like, I don't know, but they just, like, took up right in front like of John us. Like John Carpenter. Then. Yeah, like John Carpenter and his children <laughs> and stuff. He was like, blow, he was like, come here, uh, you want to see how a shotgun works? And he'd, like, put the joint inside of his mouth and blow it into his baby, in, like, his infant's mouth and shit. Like, but that's, it was a different time back in the 70s. It was a different time. You know, you it was a better shot. time. Yeah, you could blow a shotgun shot into your kid's mouth as an infant, and it was like fuck his brain all up. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we got so off track on this episode, yeah. but it's like there's just a lot of things. And there was one thing I was going to bring up in case we like run out of time or like needed to fill time, but I don't want to bring it up because I feel like it's going to be like an hour and a half. Discussion no, go ahead. Episode. It's okay. Let me. Uh, you go ahead and state it, and I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna put you on mute so I can go right. uh, smoke a cigarette at least. So okay, but you can hear me at least. Yeah, I'll just put you. Okay. Uh, I'll just put your thing on so you guys. Because I think my my roommate's out here playing guitar. He's okay, like, uh, that's fine. Yeah, so. No, I was gonna say because we were talking the other day. Um, 
where basically he was blaming Jaws for all the Marvel movies and Star Wars movies and shit, or just whatever Disney's got going on now. And, like, my thing was, like, I know Jaws was technically the first, like, big summer blockbuster, but the thing was Star Wars, like, as much as Jaws blew up the movie industry and got them thinking more money-hungry, like, Star Wars was, like, an accidental hit movie because, like, every studio passed on it and just the one guy at Fox gave him, like, the $8 million to make Star Wars and, like, they didn't even promote Star Wars that much, like... I think it was Damnation Alley was the movie Fox was promoting that summer. So Star Wars really came out and was like an accidental hit. Like, it'd be different if they they were gearing up for two years after Jaws, being like, oh, Star Wars is coming, we're going to make all this money. But my thing is, like, I just think everything that would have happened was going to happen anyway because Star Wars was getting made no matter what. It had nothing to do with Jaws really being successful or not being successful, you know what I mean? But it still comes back to that it's commonly known that uh, Jaws was the biggest, uh, was the is the first blockbuster. We could call it cockbuster now. That's what I like yeah. to call it, cockbust summer cockbuster movie. Um, because of its opening weekend, it's the high. Yeah. It no film had ever grossed that much money in its opening weekend, and so right. that's what that's what makes it significant which is basically open like you can't sit here and tell me that yes uh jaws was not intended they were not doing that they, they didn't know because this was unprecedented it was not being made that way but you can't sit here and tell me that after that movie did that well that all the studios weren't trying to make uh fucking these this tight this certain stereotypical prototype of a fucking big summer blockbuster but but it's like it's kind of like though like like what do you think like the movie that had the toys and the fucking happy meals and all that kind of shit is what Star Wars started like Star Wars started that whole thing like You're like as much into the merchandising thing and there was and by the way trilogy uh, Jaws was a massive merchandise machine dude like go on they did a just, lot yeah go yeah dude there is so much like there's cups and but pops. isn't it weird though because it's such a horror movie like there's like a little boy that gets eaten and the cloud of blood and shit comes too. out like um i was watching uh, i guess i was listening to the commentary for uh jaws i know this is not spielberg but jaws 2 there's actually a whole like in the deleted scenes there's actually a scene where that the it eats the helicopter the dude mm-hmm. comes to save him and eats the helicopter oh, or whatever yeah. And but there's more footage of them of him actually breaking through the glass, and it's like really well done. It had nothing to do with like they had to cut it out, like, and he eats the fucking pilot out of the fucking glass, and they had to cut it down or they wouldn't weren't gonna be able to get a PG. Yeah, should have kept that. Like, it yeah, just, like it's I know it's a PG movie, but it's so hardcore. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish they would put that back in because it was like. There's not really a lot of underwater scenes in that fucking movie, and like, it, dude, it is like really, and like, I always put the transfer over for Jaws too, but whatever. Speaking of Jaws, baby, I want to give a plug uh, to one of my new. I mean, they're not a new band, but I just started listening to them the last six months. But there's this uh, kind of horror metal band called Ice Nine Kills. And they do a lot of songs like that are based around movies and shit. Yeah. And they got one. My favorite song of theirs is called "Rock in the Boat," and it's all about Jaws. It's so funny. It's a, it's actually a really good fucking like, like you know, rock song and just like the lyrics and shit. And like like the lyrics are great because it just talks all about fucking Jaws eating people, and it talks about how the mayor won't won't shut shit down, and they're selling out, yeah. and everybody's taking the bait, and everybody's in a, sh- a shallow grave. Like it's just a fucking awesome song, yeah. man. I draw. I drew um, not to get off too much off topic here, but like I draw drew a lot of with the 
pandemic shut down and i don't know yeah. even me saying that word i know it was fucking up people's algorithms on youtube and i don't know how Podbean and all that shit works if they like i don't think that you know what sucks though baby is Podbean fucked us there was one of our episodes i can't remember if it was breathless or suburbia there's one of our episodes for some reason Podbean would not put it on youtube for us and there's no way for me to manually put it on there i don't know what happened we did get sleazy during talking about american gigolo and stuff but yeah hey, maybe I... maybe that's what it was I drew a lot of parallels with the whole pandemic shutdown and like it was basically like the it, you could draw so many parallels between that and the mayor not wanting to shut down fucking yeah. Amity Island and stuff like that yeah. for money purposes. And yeah, I guess like the 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 mayor aka Trump was right and everyone was right. It did kind of fuck up our economy and stuff, but like I don't know, it was just kind of like we didn't know I don't I don't do. get I mean, I, I hate the pandemic. It, it, right. Like, without getting too into personal shit, it really right. fucked or up some, some, some really personal shit in yeah. my life. But um, I don't get, like, why it's weird to talk about it. Like, it happened. We we remember it. It happened. Right. Like, the virus came and the gov- the governors and shit shut down a lot of states. You know, my state got really shut down for, like, it's... like our movie theater was shut yeah, down for eight months. Yeah, you just opened back know? up, like, this year, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean kind of. But, you know, but it's just, I mean, it's, it's recent history. We all remember. Yeah. I don't get this whole thing of, like, we're supposed to pretend like it didn't exist or didn't happen. It's yeah, like our economy's up. still fucked up from, like, who... Usually yeah, when you do revisionist stuff, like, first of all, revisionist stuff doesn't even work in this day and age because we've yeah. got the internet and everything's documented. Archives, Sorry, guys. Yeah. Like, if you forgot you said something or you're trying to deny, like, somebody's going to bring up video of you, like, or whatever. They're going to, if you commit a crime, they're going to dig up something you said in 1998 in a forum about a gun yeah. or something. Like, if you do some kind yeah. of gun crime or something. But anyway, yeah, like, the revisionist shit, like, usually that shit's for, like, 200 years down the road, folks. Or at least yeah. fifty, like this revision. I think even twenty, you maybe you can hot, hot, you know, hogwash some day, people. Not, yeah, not, you can't be like two years later. We're gonna tell you like what happened or whatever. Yeah, like, we're we're gonna try to rewrite it like it didn't happen. But anyway, yeah, I just drew a bunch of parallels, and interestingly enough, the uh, the little the boy that gets eaten on the raft, the mother, Alex died. Kinter, she yeah. actually got COVID and died. So I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, oh, I, I saw. Heard. I didn't know it was COVID, but I, I heard that the little well, actress she, died. It might have been a breathing thing yeah. but they marked it they said it was COVID. like i don't know anyway we can get we guess we're getting into political stuff but i just thought the full it came full circle when she like died and they did say she died of COVID 19 like and i'm just like yeah, yeah see see you should have shut the fucking beaches down like, I, I mean i yeah like i don't really i'm being honest like when we do podcasts or whatever like i don't really like shy away from political topics it's just i don't have much to say like i'm i'm a very what you call it like i guess casual voter so like we have like like yeah like like the the state that we live in we have a lot of these propositions that they don't do in state so it's like you get to vote on how your tax dollars so like i get really involved in that shit and i read all the pamphlets and stuff and then you know even property owner yeah yeah i mean just even if i wasn't it's still my tax dollar even when i lived in an apartment i was doing that shit and it's just like so it's like it but you know like the whenever the election or the time for me to vote comes that's when i get like super educated and i just like Go try to vote what an informed voter i try to be yeah, you, but, you know it's like really but like good. once the 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 votes are cast and there's people i voted for what you know whether it be for governor or president or whoever and they got elected and i was very unhappy with the job they did this shit of right. like you have to like cheerlead and support the person you vote. no it's like i i vote to give you the job if you fuck up the job 
I'll say you fucked up the job. It's, it's that's not my fault. Like I, you know, like let's be honest. We live in a two. What do you call it? Two party political system. We have yep. very little choice, honestly, because most of the people I've ever voted for, I didn't really want to vote for them. I just had no other choice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's a lesser of two evil system, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. You know, it's just like you, you really to get back to film to not take this yeah. off, but like we do see a lot of like. Uh, you know, it's is it is it is art imitating life or is life imitating okay. art? And like, I don't know in a day and age because like a lot of the stuff that we're um, experiencing now with the technology boom and stuff, uh, not just that, just like a world events and stuff. It's like yeah. really disturbing. And then you know you can get into all these like, are we living in the matrix or whatever? Like, is like our thoughts and our voices and stuff influencing like the reality around us because now like we are um, seeing that life is imitating art quite a bit like there's like i just saw that they were like yeah we're gonna we want to start um uh we want to start manufacturing like wombs and like creating babies that don't have any like genetic defects and i'm like yeah that's called uh brave new world uh aldous huxley wrote about this i think in like the 30s or whatever like and it's just like everything that i've like even into the 90s because i was big into science fiction stuff and it's like all reality now like and and i had no if you told me that like 1992 that 93 that you dude you're this is like right this is like in the next 20 years and like you're gonna be like experiencing this like pretty heavy i would have been i don't know i probably wouldn't have believed them because like i didn't see that i didn't see that coming i remember when i'd be watching a movie at home and i'd be like wouldn't it be great if you could bring the movie with you on the road while you're driving and you <laughs> yeah, yeah. watch the movie and like i don't know i don't watch movie. i don't watch movies like on my phone or tablet i don't you know no, I really it. don't either. Yeah, you know, I don't. I mean, if that's that. the only way you like, if you ain't got a TV in your bedroom and like you're a kid and you got a, a tablet or laptop, if that's the only way you're going to watch a movie, like, I'd much rather have people watch movies that way than never watch them at all, you know? Yeah, well, and like, I mean, it's great for kids because like they don't care. They just want to keep watching yeah. their favorite cartoon or whatever the Ninja Turtles movies on, like whatever. Like, and they might have seen it like ten times, but like they're in the middle of the movie and they don't want to get interrupted because mom and dad's got to go grocery shopping. Like, it's yeah. it's cool, you know. Like, I get it, and like I would have loved that as a kid, and. um I guess I saw that. I guess I kind of saw that that was possible just by what the technology that we had at the moment that that could be possible. But I didn't realize. I thought I'd be like an old man. Like yeah, I mean, honestly, I like around the t- around the time I was being born is when VHS, Beta, all that <laughs> shit got invented. So like technically, like the world, like I think it was technically starting to happen when I was born. But like three years before i was born you couldn't even really watch a movie at home unless it was just on over the air tv That's true. you know what I mean? yeah yeah i mean you know like when i was born in 86 i mean it was like that was the year that everybody really started getting um vhs players mm-hmm. even though like they were what in your home as early yeah. well i don't know i mean japan or whatever china and stuff they had stuff technology yeah, they like, so early yeah, they had it early because they were developing it there, and that, that was kind of like the testing grounds or whatever. But, you know, you could import players and shit, too, as early as, like, what, 78, 79 I or whatever? So. Yeah, so I don't know if it was beta or if there were – I know there was all – I mean, we've been putting stuff on, like, studio uh, news studios and stuff like that. It had tape technology, I think, since the 60s or whatever. So mm-hmm. it all could have been possible. They just were like – how can we make this a consumer affordable device that, you know, the common man can buy on credit 
<laughs> pretty much everything is the invention is made so a common man can buy it on credit thousand like dollar yeah. cell phones like i really don't yeah. see people paying a, like just whipping out of their pocket i mean maybe drug dealers and shit but most people they don't they don't pay they either do the installment plans or yeah. they do a credit card for the the two thousand dollar iphone or whatever that's the fuck how you it bought is. your OLED, baby right <laughs> well i mean t- i mean technically yes and no i mean yeah. technically i ordered it with a credit card over in it but but uh okay. like i was telling you i had a uh I had a bonus from work, and I had my tax return come at the, like like within weeks of each other. So and you then paid I, it off pretty quickly. Yeah, like I mean, it was literally like I paid it off that month. You're you like, know? I need it before this money comes in because I just need it. Don't worry about why now, I need it. But no, uh, my first my it. first HDTV baby, that 1080p um, plasma. No, it wasn't even play. It was just an LCD, 1080p uh, Toshiba LCD. I fucked myself hardcore on that. I was so. Drunk. I worked at Best Buy. I was like, "Oh, I'll get an employee discount," which I did, but yeah. I couldn't get fa- I couldn't get financing. So it's like I had to um, forget what I had to do, but I had like a real short amount of period to, t- to pay it off. I'm like, "Oh, I can do this." Well, it turned out I couldn't do it, and I ended up paying 400 bucks interest on that fucking TV, dude. Ugh. Oh, you missed payments and shit too. I didn't miss payments. Could... I, it was you like more I forget though. what it was. It was like 60, 90 days no interest but then it, it, it like it hit it hit the fucking point where there where the interest started and it all came at once i got like 400 dollars interest at once so i fucked myself yeah but i was really poor back then honestly but i would never allow some I, like i wouldn't even just make the dumb choice but it's like i i wanted to go from a 20 inch two tv to a 42 inch you know lcd 1080p widescreen it was really just a widescreen baby i didn't even care about the fucking high def whatever like i just wanted to be able to watch a movie my dvds in widescreen finally you're you still know? running your laser disc player through it probably huh i didn't no like i didn't get the laser disc till like 2011 something like that oh really you were yeah. late into it yeah, i was okay. late into it okay yeah, yeah i never like once by then i you know had dvd and i just didn't see the point like some people were like well yeah. this wasn't released on dvd it's got the commentary and i'm just like it's gonna get you know it'll get yeah i just picked up on laser just like way after the fact to be a collector because i like the the jackets and the artwork yeah. and originally i was like oh i'm just gonna get one or two and then like that became 20 and then next day i'm like i gotta get a player and i got a player my player's been broke for years i don't even have no right. way to play them anymore yeah you still get players and stuff but i don't yeah. see the need yeah, I don't think I'll do it again. If I could get the player I had fixed, but like the closest place I think maybe might fix it is like Sacramento, which is like almost 200 miles away. So and you're gonna pay more. I mean, if you just better to replace the whatever you don't. Yeah. You just, yeah. If you don't have it on any other format, but uh, yeah. which is that's pretty much what I've done. But. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, technology has come a long way. I don't know how the fuck we got onto that, or jo- well, I guess it came off the Jaws. Oh, but we got to get back to the Jaws thing. I do got to make this point about how yeah, there was something else I wanted to say about Jaws, but I fucking forgot. The the whole reason that that whole thing we we debated on it for I don't know a few days or whatever, talked about it was yeah. the whole reason was that the travesty that you don't own Duel on any format, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? And then you were like, baby, Jaws is... And it's like, I don't know, even if you watch Spielberg's... uh, Well, you don't have the DVD, then, so you wouldn't be able to. That's why you need to get the 4K. But his behind-the-scenes stuff, he said, you know, he basically says, without Duel, there would be no Jaws. But you know what, though? Like, because I'm older than you, when I was growing up, like, Duel wasn't a fucking big deal. Like, I didn't know till like, DVD era that Spielberg had ever made any TV shit. Like, I didn't even know he made his first movie was a TV movie. The first time I ever, I know that back, like, I saw a Duel in, like, 1990 or something. (laughs) 
Yeah. And uh, so there was VHSs and everything because it, it went, they made it into a TV movie and then it did so well that he was like, oh, we're going to run this in theaters and he had to yeah. film some other footage or whatever yeah. to flush it out. Like Carpenter did. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, the, and it's seamless pretty much the other footage because um, I'm sure you never saw the TV version or whatever. No. I am either. Everyone's hoping that this 4K will also include the tv cut TV as well the tv run yeah. which all they got to do is like they know Shorten what it, right? yeah just cut the scenes out or whatever from the transfer and then yeah you've got like the tv but people probably want like the the bumpers and shit like that yeah and, like, you know whatever but yeah no i mean it's getting a 4k release so it's already out and uh, i think that's either french or spanish uh steelbook and uh, Universal's putting it out. It's not put out by an overpriced a boutique that's going to charge you fifty, yeah. sixty dollars for it. So, no, I mean, I'd, I'd be open to picking up a copy for sure. I, I honestly can't believe I really haven't with all the orders I placed for the group, yeah. which is the Universal. I would have thought I would have put. And when we were talking about it, I actually went to my shelves. I'm like, I gotta own this, right? And I yeah, that's what I was thinking that you'd have yeah. at least have the DVD. Like, I had the DVD before and I sold it, and then I saw it for like a buck, and I was like, man, I haven't watched this. It's such a good movie. I remember watching it when I was a kid, and then when I had the mm-hmm. DVD and stuff. And it's just like, it is uh, does not like. It, there's like really there's no blood or any it's just really yeah. a good thriller it's like a more of a thriller yeah. and stuff and like a psychological and of course he's like playing on um alfred like there's you'll see like when you when you see it again you'll be like oh these are all like alfred hitchcock tropes and stuff like that and yeah. he he admits it like ah that's like i was oh yeah i mean he was a hitchcock, hitchcock uh, student man. pretty much he, yeah. he met him on universal set when he was a kid not a kid but you know like a teenager but didn't uh, Hitchcock say that he didn't like any of his films or whatever or something like? Yeah, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Like if you look at the time period where hit, there was a long time period towards the end. Oh, I don't know if it was long, but it was it was it was, it was years. He died where, in the eighties, right? Hitchcock. Yeah, like, yeah, early eighties where Hitchcock was on the Universal set. Or, or, I keep saying set the lot, like the, the lot. He, yeah, yeah. He had the office, and they said like he, you know, he would just go in there. And fight. They just they're out of respect to Alfred Hitchcock, and if he ever wanted to, you know, make. But they say he just went in his office and he got drunk. So, like, there's a lot of interviews and a lot of meetings, like, stories people have of meeting Hitchcock. Like, you know, he like they would let people, like, young people, directors or whatever, be like, I want to meet Alfred Hitchcock. they bring him up, and they go in his office. He'd just be shit-faced. And, like, you know, not, nobody wants to shit on Alfred Hitchcock and tell the truth, but I think he was probably a dick. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. That's got to kill you, though, that, like, you know, this is your, like, idol, and he's like, yeah, I don't like any of your jaws sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah, it, it would be weird, honestly. But honestly, like, when you think about, like, not to get off on a Spielberg thing, but like, oh, I mean, like, I, st- I, I've been sitting here saying, like, the two best films that he's ever made were Jaws and Duel. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what that says about because, because your films are just like bloated and over budget, and like, you know, now you yeah. get to like Ready Player One, and it's just like. All right, we've had enough from you. Yeah, but he he kind of went that Woody Allen route, not as bad as Woody Allen, but he kind of went that Woody Allen route where like he just after a certain <laughs> period of time he just wanted to be making a movie every year and he didn't he kind of didn't even care what the fuck well, it he's was. He's one of the wealthiest directors in Hollywood, oh, yeah. like you know. Probably so it, it is about ever. the money, I guess. Yeah. At the end of the day, like once you get that and stuff. But this guy was hanging out. What you watch the the footage where he's like watching the Oscars and stuff, and oh Joe, Joey Spinell, sleazebag Spinell's there. 
there. And yeah. obviously he's there because, like, you know, he's got the best coke hookup at the time or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, still, that's like, that, those are the guys he's hanging out with. So, like, you know, he is kind of, you know, you, you kind of get the feel that he mm-hmm. is kind of was a common every man, you know. It was like, but now it's just like, you know, know yeah. whatever. It's like, in his opinion on film, it's like, dude, you you know, you I know you were friends with Kubrick and stuff, and like he let you make AI, but like you know, whatever, and that's yeah. a travesty. It's like, yeah, this is Kubrick. Kubrick <laughs> I think Kubrick's been. work should have been left alone, like yeah. unless like one of his kids, unless his daughter was gonna make it or oh, something. Oh, she like says that they said that it was gave him the graces, but like I don't even. I just feel like. What does know, that even mean, though? Because, yeah, like, dude, if I, if I, like, Cooper you know, would have never like said that you could make his movie. Like, he, he, he didn't have he. You guys were such good friends that he didn't have the courage to tell you that you, you suck, Junior, compared to me. Well, like, not only that, but but like, them. let's. I mean, you and me know each other. We talk about movies all the time. We talk about stuff we agree on. We talk about stuff we disagree. Like, if I wrote a script and then I died, and you took the script to make it, like, it wouldn't even be anything the way I would have made no. it. You know what I'm saying? Like. And, he, and, you know, he talked to him about it and stuff and, like, you know, looked at all the storyboards or whatever. But, like, here's what Spielberg did. He was like, I'm going to make it mine. And it's just like, yeah. yeah, that's problematic to me. Like, I mean, I get it. But, like, I don't know. If you can't even do, like, the man justice, like, it was clearly supposed to be sleazier with, like, oh, way you, know, like you look at the storyboards. Way, way like, more violent, too. Like, I would say. the vagina, like, the rail yeah. cars going into the girls' vaginas and, like. I guess looking back at the footage, there was a little smidge of that, but he made it yeah. to where, like, you, it's not noticeable. It wasn't, like, so super fucking sleazy, dripping with cum, like, those original stories. Well, I, I got to say, in, in a little bit of defense, I actually do like the movie. Like, I, like, I don't own a copy or anything. Like, like I've seen it, I think, twice, and I yeah, enjoyed it for it what it... Yeah. I was thinking, I, 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 like, it's really the ending part is where it gets interesting to me, where they start evolving through the decades and the aliens come and shit. But, I mean... Even when it came out, I was just like, okay, because they try to really be like, this is Stanley Kubrick's final film as directed by Stanley. I was like, nope, this does nope. not feel anything yeah. like Stanley yeah. Kubrick at all. And I don't know if like his wife and daughter was like all about that because they were going to get a kickback or something. I'm sure. They I don't made think they really up. were. I don't really remember them talking who a gave lot. Them the, who gave him the graces to go ahead and do it? Like his wife is hardcore and controls. Like I don't know. It must have already been sold to the studio and like the studio owned well, I think it. The studio owned yeah. the script because they were developing it with them. Right. But I could be wrong, but. Yeah, but like again, Kubrick Kubrick had like the most pull and like I do see that with Tarantino now, like even though he doesn't really he doesn't really put out output and now he's like ten films on I think that's what Kubrick did. Like he's trying to like stop yeah. in stuff and like Kubrick the only reason he stopped making movies is because he died. Yeah. Like the man never would have stopped and like he I don't took, he, he would have made more if he didn't yeah. take so long to develop his projects. Well, but like yeah, he if had you a Napoleon were, film he was gonna do and Yeah, like, like yeah. I mean, I know he was an elderly man and he was ill, but like yeah. let's say for some reason he was in better health and he lived another twenty years, he would have made as many movies as he could in those well, yeah, twenty years. Like, the next project would have been AI. Like that was yeah. the next that was for sure like the next project. Like basically he saw I heard that he saw um Schindler's list and was like oh because he had a world he had like a holocaust movie or whatever he'd been working on for like 10 years or whatever and then he yeah. 
thought that Schindler's List just did it too good and, you know, he's he shelved it. Yeah. yeah, he shelved it because he was like, and yeah, there's another example of probably he shared stuff with Spielberg and then Spielberg's, well, I'm Jewish. Like, this is my, this is what I should be making this movie. Like, I'm going to do it before you. And it's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Schindler's List is good. I won't. I, I like Schindler's List. I'm not going to shit on it. I mean, granted, oh, like, I, you know, I saw it for the first time in a theater when I was 13 years old, so it, it felt like very powerful to me at the time or whatever. You but know, I'll but. tell you the film that of on the Holocaust that I think is more powerful and that doesn't get talked about. I think it won Academy Award and stuff or whatever is The Pianist. Oh, yeah, that's I great. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is that takes it to the. Well, next. you know, the reason why it doesn't get talked about, but. Well, no, maybe I don't. I don't really know much about just what... a lot of people don't want to give it credit because of Polanski, dude. Oh, OK, well. They still but 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 that film, a lot of people don't know that film is actually somewhat autobiographical because it's based on the shit he saw as a kid in Poland because he was yeah. there when the Nazis were fucking bombing it and shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, I just I really love the pianist. I thought I think it's so well done and like I don't know, it's just such a beautiful film and like I don't know, it just captures. It takes Schindler's List to another like. It, uh, leading up Level. we don't get yeah. that much schindler's list i don't remember if there was i thought it was like the train rolling up and yeah. there's not as much like this gives more historical like no there was a lot of lead up like you know to them getting on the trains and shit like that so and then he's like and then it's respectful it's like okay schindler's list already took us to the camps i don't need to take us to the camps so like our American character yeah. is gonna hang out in the rubble and hide out and shit and not like we got the lead up where everyone's getting loaded on the trains but he's like no i'm going to show you another uh story aspect of this you know this tale that we haven't seen so yeah, yeah i don't you know again like i don't know but you know we're talking about films like that's from that era too where like you know we get this that wasn't an independent film but it felt like an independent film yeah. it's coming out of that era and stuff of like the 90s and everything and like try to make a movie like that now like i don't know about this i, I saw some previews for this oppenheimer but again oh yeah 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 i gotta say like i mean i get it's interesting subject matter but you got the dud christopher nolan yeah this is the guy who basically fucked the it's not you know necessarily it's just one man's fault but like yeah you're you kind of set us you're another one that set us onto this track of this bullshit that's going on and like i, know. I saw the budget on that oppenheimer and stuff like dude you know, i mean dude, that dude i don't i don't get all his budget. all his films are expensive and i don't yeah. get how they recoup their money back enough to where I, they give him more movies like honestly they're gonna stop once that keeps they get enough flops they're gonna be like all right and then and then it's you know it's more, more so dangerous too with this is like these filmmakers don't know is like you're playing with a lot of money you better be confident that you're gonna you're gonna be able to make them their money back because like a, a regular filmmaker that's making like 10 million 20 million 30 million dollar films they might let them do this fuck up like yeah. three to five times you're gonna fuck up like you're doing basically five of these like what kevin smith or even quentin tarantino like quentin tarantino death proof i'm sure it wasn't cheap or whatever and it wasn't yeah. the greatest movie but like it didn't even it, they didn't even think twice like okay we'll get them next time tiger like, yeah. you're going to fuck up with one of these fucking movies and they're going to be like, nope, you ain't working for Disney. You ain't working for nobody. Like, we you, we can. Well, I, th I think it's bigger than that, Batman. Like, if you really look at what's going on with the movie theaters, dude, it's like, shoo. It's like, it's like they need some fucking hits. And it's like, these studios out here aren't making a lot of money. And, like, streaming's just a, still a money loser. And it's like, 
I think I think you get two or three Oppenheimers in a row from various directors, and then Hollywood's just like, yeah, we're not making those movies anymore. No. Like, like never and, ever you again. Know, I think that's you know, like like I said, something happened with um um Mar- Martin Scorsese here, and I think it was because, and I liked the film. Um, Irishman and it was on yeah. streaming but like I don't know that got such a backlash and everything for like yeah. stupid fucking reasons but what well, I, 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 I think that's the problem sometimes too yeah when you you have audiences used to like reality shows and very very low quality <clears throat> original streaming movies and you try to introduce them some Scorsese and it's like it's like what the fuck is this shit like like I mean honestly like could you imagine like what the fuck the reaction would be if you try to show like Stanley Kubrick films to like a sixteen year old right now? Like, I mean, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, probably be like, oh, oh, that, that, oh, it's Clockwork Orange. Oh, all it was was about rape. Yeah, That's rape. What it was about was rape. Uh, he raped all those girls and stuff and. Then it's like, yeah, but he got like there was a like he got his like fucking just dessert and so no, but it's about the it was rape that shouldn't even be allowed to be shown. I'm gonna start a petition to stop <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, but like it's not it's not supporting what he's doing. Like there's like there is like a moral to the story. Yeah, but he, there shouldn't have showed the rapes. They should have just mentioned them in a mon in a in a voiceover. It should be a science fiction world with where no one has ever been raped in this universe before. Right. It's a uto- they want a utopia version. It's like that. There's not a story there. Like this gang right. doesn't exist. What is it? The fucking next thing you know, like it's like the droogs and it's a fucking music man rolls into town on the train and everyone starts singing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they're, they're like, why can't they just make a regular movie about somebody who gets a superpower and then right. goes and then and then 10 years later their their teenage daughter tells them how to save the universe it's like okay because like, well, everybody well that shows you too that they all want superhero movies because yeah. they can't handle like there's too many bad people out here and they can't do anything about it and they feel helpless and they want a superhero to come and like save them and like take the bad mm-hmm. people away yeah that's kind of where we're at so pretty much all it is we're letting yeah. people create our reality out here that are not even in reality that are living in no. a fantasy and you're letting the people that are controlled by a fantasy re- reality that doesn't exist and mm-hmm. probably never will exist and you're letting them like mold our Dictate. reality basically mm-hmm. right now and it's just like have you ever been camping have you run out to the woods and seen like an animal eat another oh. fucking animal yeah. this is what reality is like it's not yeah. pretty but you can't stop that like you can't stop the coyote from eating the rabbit because then it's going to go hungry so starve to death and then we're going to have an explosion of rabbits and they're going to be eating all the crops yeah there's a, there's a system out here and it's not and it's not pretty but it's it, there is a purpose to it and uh I'm not trying to justify the rapists out here. I don't know what they. No, no, do. rape, rape, rape is like, rape's saying? the worst crime. Do rapists besides have a place murder, I guess. Society? No, I'm yeah. not saying that. Uh, you know, it's, it's not. But it, but the thing is, is like you as to as a society, there has to be art that exists that is that that depicts the worst aspects of human hmm. life and behavior, or or else like you're really not free to make anything at all. You know what I mean? And that's where it seems like we're getting to that. But like you're seeing a lot of like 
big names like that are like basically like heads you know out here that are just like i'm not you know i'm not digging this shit anymore Mm-mm. like this is this is bullshit and what's going on with the academy is bullshit and what, how they select films and i just think the academy is so worried about their tv ratings that they're like just trying to become like everybody's best friend and be like no we we don't just prop up these low budget art movies we 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 celebrate the finest that marvel has to offer and it's like i've always said this and i've taken shit for this bat but like to me like a movie like avatar and nothing against avatar like avatar right. but like avatar or marvel movies it's like they've already gotten what they want like when you make a movie like all you really want to do is have people watch it number one and number two you hope they enjoy it but i feel like these movies that make all the money like they got everything they needed like why not celebrate a movie and give an award to a movie that is just purely only strictly based on artistic merit you know what i mean you want to have your cake and eat it too like you made this fucking movie to make lots of money you didn't make it because you were like oh this is that's all just bullshit that's you know you just say that that was like although there was really some artistic merit too you're only saying that because you want to have your cake and eat it too and you want to clean house at the award show like your purpose of you making these fucking bloated cock summer cockbusters (laughs) was to fucking make money which by the way they all last a week like first it was fast and furious then the next week it was little mermaid now this week it's spider-man it's like well they're backlashing on that little mermaid and like they're woke they're woke uh this guy wrote some kind of thing about how they basically it's i didn't watch it but apparently i've never even seen the original one honestly I guess it's I guess it's uh well I seen the original when I was a kid or whatever, the animated film or whatever, but this live action apparently the woke is turning on them because they're like, Oh no, it was during this era where that island where they were being um I don't know if it was like when they were going and getting slaves or they were taking slaves off of it. But they were like, mm. Nobody was enslaved and oppressed and uh see, so when you don't show it and you show them this fucking cleaned up reality, it doesn't exist, they'll backlash and be like, Oh, Oh, no you're teaching the wrong history and i don't want my daughters to think that everything's great and blah 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 when there was this oppression and this guy wrote this whole blog about how they could have taken an opportunity to um to talk about the history and the oppression and it's just like yeah but like when you know disney's not really known for doing that kind of stuff like no they they they, they disney does the opposite south, disney sanitizes shit and like, the south yeah. was pretending that the slavery was like they were all having a good time on the fucking chicken cotton and shit and like that you can they can't even release that movie well so, song of the south actually that like, like people don't even understand it actually takes place after slavery ended and they're right. just kind of like poor people working on a farm well, what but, happened um, was is that they didn't. A lot of them didn't even know for like five years that they were like free to leave. That is true. I've so, heard it. I heard it was as as much as like ten or twelve years in some areas. Yeah, it's because they were know. uneducated, didn't know how to fucking read and shit. And like basically, the slave masters weren't going to tell them that they were free because they weren't. They didn't weren't in agreement yeah. with this anyway. And then you had the situation where like basically they didn't have anywhere. They didn't like couldn't read again and poor education, and they didn't have anywhere to go. And they were yeah. scared. They didn't know anything about the outside world. And like, I'm sure their slave master's like, you think it's bad here? It's worse out there. Go ahead and leave. But it ain't going to be fun. And they were just scared. And they're like, okay. Because like some of this, this was going on until like, I don't know, the turn of the last, like into the 1900s. These people were still fucking waiting on them and taking care of them and like living out in these shacks in their yards and shit. Like for three more, four more generations. 
Well, also, too, it's kind of that thing of, like, what I would imagine it would be like, and again, I'm no history scholar, but if the right. only skill you have is farming, whether right. slavery ends or doesn't, and you don't any land, and you yeah. probably buy any land, because you're yeah, not allowed like, like you're pro you're probably even if you leave the farm that you were like whatever slaved on like you're still just going to end up on some other farm doing hard ass work like that's yeah. why there was all the sharecropper communities and shit and where the kids grew up and the parents just and they already the worked their way up on the ranks and like if you were like working in the house like you don't want to give up that nice position like by getting political or going I'm supposed to be free I should have more rights you didn't do anything like that. Quentin Tarantino it. should make a Django sequel where, like, uh, they get the news at the house that uh, <laughs> the slavery ended, <laughs> but Samuel Jackson doesn't want to let it go. Right. <laughs> what was his name? Robbie or whatever his name was? Bernie's newspapers. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> if they got killed at the end or what happened, but it, like, let's just say Leo and Sam Jackson are still alive and they get the letter like Pony Express comes and gives a letter that the South has fallen in the Civil yeah. War. <laughs> Slavery is emancipation proclamation. <laughs> like, yeah, Samuel right. Jackson's like, I won't let it in. Fuck no. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I don't I'm not a big fan of that movie. I've talked talked to you about yeah. you know how I didn't it's, like it, but I don't know. Like I have mixed feelings about it because there are parts of it that I think are amazing. But just overall as a movie, like I'm just I don't really dig Tarantino's Western shit at all. Well, I think that uh, Hateful Eight was a little is is a little bit better, but again, it doesn't have much rewatchability because it has this twist no. ending and stuff like the that. The twist ending is Channing Tatum was doing right. sexy stripper dances in the basement of the place. It's just like you know, yeah, that one's better and stuff. But like again, it's not even about him doing westerns or whatever. Like no. I don't, you know, uh, it's just like I've talked about, you know, gone on, I've, I've written, written articles about why I didn't like it and all kinds of shit. I mean, I've, I've pretty much, I think I've been on this show. I've, I've made my stance on why I don't like it. We, we know very well. Personally, I mean, I don't hate the movie. I, I, like, I, I guess I like the movie. I don't dislike the movie, but to me, Death Proof blows it away. Well, I like Death Proof a lot better, and like people will be like, blasphemous, so they're shutting this pod, they're never going to listen to your podcast again after I've said that and everything, or we've said that. Um, and, and Death Proof's not even as great as film or whatever. I just, that no, least is better. Django is like the least liked film and um but like at the same time i know it was like snubbed or whatever and like there was some historical accuracy to him though he tries to like be comedic and stuff but like yeah. he got shit on because he's dropping the n-bomb and then you have um uh what is it seven years of slave or whatever where they have like the song where it's like the song where they're just dropping the n-bomb and like mm. that's like somehow like ask i don't know if you ever saw that film it came out like right around the same time as Jang yeah, it came out like ever. three years later, I think. Right. Yeah, I saw, yeah. I, saw I, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. So, you know, like whereas like he got shit for using using the N bomb, but then like, um, you know, that film comes out and it's like some kind of his, you know, uh, some kind of masterpiece, artistic masterpiece. I think it was based on a real guy's story, but I could be wrong. Well, I mean, you know, and then like I'm not gonna say like some of the stuff that is in Django isn't accurate. I just my beef with it, of course, is. I don't want to. I don't want to go on about it, but no. it's like it is basically like a, a patchwork of like um, Boss Nigger, uh, 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 Legend of Nigger Charlie, uh, Mandingo, and like Roots, and like he just took like all those films and then like then he wrote his his dialogue for it 
And, uh, you know, basically that's my, that's my qualm. He like shoehorned like, the plot into the, yeah, the framework like of those other films pretty right. much. Yeah. And then, and then like the historical accuracies are all collected from those films. So, but like I, my, my, the things I don't like is how his film is like not worth somehow not worthy of awards or whatever. Um, even though I just I remember people it. saying it made him too uncomfortable when it came out. Well, I, that's all thing, I remember being said well, about it. The thing that was like um, Spike Lee, he said he wouldn't watch it, and then he had this whole thing or whatever, but he didn't go after that film. Uh, you know what I mean? Who was made by um, – who was it made by? Who, was, who, who directed uh, Seven Years a Slave? Um, I think it was Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen British director. is another yeah. – yeah, he's another white guy, but like he's going to be like, oh, I've got – No, I thought, I thought Steve McQueen was black. I'm, pre- that's what, that's what I'm pretty sure Steve there. McQueen's black. I'm serious. I'm pretty sure Steve McQueen's a black guy. He, he thought, yeah, I think that's what Spike Lee thought too as well. But yeah. no, his whole beef was that a uh, white man can't write the drop the N bomb or whatever. And yeah. that was his beef with Jackie Brown. And it's just like, you know, he didn't go after that. But it got a lot of shit. We wouldn't even get it. Like, I don't even think it got, did it get nominated for the Oscars? I Django know. or whatever? I like, don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I wouldn't think so. It was seen like I remember at the time it was, it was seen as disturbing, but it, it seemed like it was more regarded as an action film than anything else. Well, anyway, like I don't as much as I don't like Django, I don't think that it should be like anybody's film shouldn't be like, oh well, this is like exploit. It's like made with the explo- exploitation or whatever. Like I don't know. I'm not gonna say that it's like the most historically accurate film. I guess I'm just like kind of mixed on it. I have it back there just so I could be a. Quentin Tarantino completest. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I end up picking it up even though it's like the least least liked film that he's done or whatever. But uh Yeah, I don't you know, I don't I don't know. I mean I, I don't wanna see him do any more stuff like he doesn't yeah, no. I he doesn't need to do any more westerns. So <laughs> no, you know, I think he's done on, I don't know. I don't I don't I mean I don't think his westerns are bad per se. I just don't think setting <laughs> Like the way he writes in his like uh, dialogue style, I don't think it's a strong suit to set his films in that time period. Well, like Hateful Eight, like there's this uh, there's a spaghetti western I really like called uh, Cutthroat Nines, and um, that's really good. And like I think he pulled from a lot of the visuals and everything for Hateful Eight from that, even though he doesn't acknowledge that film either, or give it any credit. Um, I mean, why would he? He's making no, he's making not. his version. Well, he to admits cash he in. steals everything, but then he won't tell you where he stole it from. Like it's like okay, dude. Tell me he's like I place. steal from her. Did you steal from here? Oh, I steal from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get. You gotta look at like Spiel. Like Spielberg is like gracious, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I took that from Hitchcock. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of these filmmakers have no problem. All the old, you know, John Carpenter, George Romero, uh, Wes Craven, um, Toby Hooper. They would all tell you, oh yeah, that was like uh, I'm trying to recreate that shot from Psycho or. You know what I mean? Yeah. They tell you. Yeah, like, I mean they'll they'll tell you. Yeah. They'd blatantly be like, "Oh, you thought that was familiar? That's because it was." Like I'd literally try to recreate that shot, or, uh, you know, uh, last house on the left is you know the Virgin Springs. You know, like that's like yeah. my re- that's a remake, or, you know, I, like you know they don't have any problem. But him, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I steal everything, but basically figure it out." And like the masses aren't gonna figure it out, so like I'm gonna, I'm actually while they're still trying to figure it out, I'm gonna actually while I'm promoting this film, I'm gonna pretend that like I came up with all this. Because but I, but ironically, 
ironically you defend Django and I'm just like yeah dude first of all you're not black and B you are not Fred Williamson like you did not create this genre and quit trying to tell these black folks that are young and apparently didn't see any of Fred Williamson stuff that like you came up with a subgenre you didn't well he was working with Fred Williamson for a little while and then he just I don't know he just didn't like he just washed his hands of Fred Williamson so he could take credit for all his shit yeah, I don't know. He didn't even. Well, I mean, really, his only experience working with him was on From Dust Till Dawn and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, but it's like you can't even say, "Well, I don't know. I don't know Fred Williamson personally, so that's why he didn't cameo in Django." No, that's yeah. not true. You did, and actually, you've got like a you. You actually communicate with him. Like yeah. that's what Fred Williamson was indicating. Like you guys talk and shit. Like you got each other's numbers. So. Yeah. I call bullshit, but anyway, we've we've rambled on here. We have. So, I gotta get going. I need to eat some food today, but yeah. was, <laughs> I need I need to eat. Some, my mission is to eat some food and take a shower. Don't go to McDonald's, baby. You're doing so good on your diet. I went I went off my diet this week. It was oh. birthday week, so I went off and had oh, cake it's and birthday. all that shit. Yeah, so I gained one pound back. So yeah. So you turned twenty. You turned twenty six. I had my that. sweet 46 this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I said 26, baby. Yeah. You go with it. You're like, no, yeah. you're real age. It's all right. Yeah. It's I'm only, it's not, you're just going to, now you just stop and you just stop telling people, like, you're like, yeah, I'm 46. I'm 46. I'm 46 every year. Yeah. I think, yeah, like, I, I don't think I'll ever fess up to being over 50 as long as I can get away yeah. from it. As long as my hair pretty much stays and doesn't turn too green. I'm gonna have. I just saw a bunch poking out the top, and I'm, it was already the sides, and I'm like, yeah. yep, those thoughts you were having a year ago to start dyeing your hair, like you really, it's getting it's worse. Time. Like you really should, but it's like I gotta match up my hair color. I was just thinking about, I just go black. Then I got to Yeah, my- I want to go Al Pacino shoe polish black. With yeah, mine. that's what I was actually. That's what I was thinking. I was like, the Ooh, black wow. is covers it all up, and then you don't need yeah. to use a ton and. And it stains your pillow real nice when you sleep. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. But then I'm going to have to dye my eyebrows and my, like, mustache and shit, too, if I go a different I color. Got, so. Yeah, my, my beard is the worst. Like, my beard is 80% gray. Like, that's why yeah. I got to shave that shit. It but, starts uh, the facial hair. It does start yeah. in the facial hair. Like, uh, well, I don't know. It started in my, like, sideburn area. But, like, now that I was combing my hair the day before yesterday, and it was, like, all down, like, my my part. Oh like, yeah. All the well, and then like basically um I don't go I've skipped gray and I'm just going like I don't know it's just my genetics or whatever I guess I just go straight to white. This is right to white so yeah. Yeah like like I'm lucky you know because when I got my hair cut a few months ago like I got it like um you know clippered on the sides like yeah. If, if if my shit like in the temples it's going real gray if it's like grown out the way it is now but if i get them to clipper it up on like three or four like the gray like it's not showing too much it used to be like that for me but now it's getting to the point to where like you like i would get that i would go get a haircut like last last year it would work and i got a haircut here not too long ago like a month or so ago and it didn't it didn't do it like you could still kind of slightly see it so it's getting worse yeah. You got a full head of hair though, baby. Like you could just have them take it up real short on the sides and back, and then keep... that's what I had them do this yeah. last time, and it still yeah. was somewhat more noticeable than last summer. So like, yep, I'm, I'm gonna have to get the hair for men. 
Like, another, another thing I do is, um, like, you know, just sitting around the house or whatever. My hair is messed up when I wake up. It, like, when, if I ever see a long gray hair, like, sticking out the top, especially, I, I take... I, I try not to tweeze it because I'm trying to keep as much hair as I can for when right. I get old. But like, I take scissors and I'll trim it like way down. Like I'll I'll cut it as short as I can, and then Maybe that way. Forty six. For when I get old, yeah. it's too late for that. <laughs> I'll get. I'll tell you though, baby, with this weight loss, you get younger looking when you lose yeah. weight. You yeah, get younger well, I, looking. I look like fucking. I look like I was sixteen back when I was like. I don't know. I was like late 20s uh, did all that way long yeah when I, when I was in my 20s i looked like a teenager still just really the last couple of years been catching up like i think i could still pass for 38 to 40 now but yeah. it don't matter it don't matter i got <laughs> i got my lady i don't need to go find you <laughs> that's what it's all about <laughs> that's what it's really about you like i just pull the young wolf like yeah you know, yeah Sure, late, you get like yeah. a lady that's ten years older, and you so like then like she can wheel your ass around and shit when you get. That's what my goal is. I'm gonna try to, I wanna try to get a younger one here. Like I don't know, like yeah. nineteen. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. That's that. I think that'd be a lot of drama at home. No. No, I'm getting full. I'm getting. Oh, you talking about bringing another one in with the old lady now? Oh no, that's not what I was talking about, baby. <laughs> no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about if you're single. I think 19. Ooh, like, I thought you were trying to get a trio going here. I thought that's no. what you were hitting at. I, know I that's thought what, about it the other day, but yeah, you know, I know you want to harem and stuff, but that just doesn't. I figure why not. This this female empowerment shit is like out of control. You can't even let. You gotta make it's. This is how you do it. You gotta make her think that it was her idea. Yeah, like, hey, baby, remember last night? I've tried it, and like, they always look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, hey, baby, remember last night we were laying in bed and you were talking about bringing another girl in and stuff? I think I'd suck at that idea. I think it's a great idea. You gotta make it seem like that. Yeah, that's how you do. (laughs) Sleeves fees one. Sleeves fiend one is that you gotta make them think. That they came up with a sleazy idea, you know, like, yeah, baby, oh, they say, like, the gag ball came in the mail and be like, yeah, baby, you remember we were looking on the internet and you said that you thought that would be awesome, and so we ordered it. You know, you, you know what the best scam, like, if I if I ever ended up single again, which I, I hope never happens, but if I do. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, if I'm single, like, I think you actually you should do this too, baby. If you're single and, like, you're... Single. Yeah, and like you're like over thirty, you're not like a young guy in college. Like right. you're over thirty, and you're single. Fucking start wearing a wedding ring, and oh. pick up pick up the young ones, and then you like you always have an excuse of like why they gotta like you can't stay or you gotta oh. like not stay in contact or just leave them at the hotel or whatever. That's I think that'd be I think that would work actually. <laughs> You think that really fly in this Me Too movement day and age? Well, it's not a, no, it's not about Me Too because because yeah, it's like but they I'm see. Just talking they, about these ladies are like way more educated now, and it is like that's that that is that's selling myself. If this man can't tell everybody on Facebook that he's with me because he's got a girlfriend, well, that that's that's why you get a you get a Facebook with your picture and a different name on it. That's what you do, baby. <laughs> oh, you just tell them like a you don't even tell them what yeah. your name is. Yeah. I'm Jack. I'm Jack Tripper, baby. They'll never watch Three's Company. They're too young. I feel. I yeah, that's true. I feel like you just so you got this down so well that you've already tried this. 
let's say let's say I've seen it in action before my own like, eyes. I'll, I'll go that far. Listen to this episode or whatever. She's gonna get suspicious. <laughs> but I'm just telling you that's what you do because like one of the one of the tricks that people don't want to tell you is like you know that that old phrase and some businesses do this is it's called business is done where business is being done so like so like i've had businesses say don't pick the phone up on the first ring let it ring three times then pick it up to give the illusion of being busy or if you're like driving by like a fast food restaurant and it's busy why do more people pull in and just to stay in longer in line but they always do that's what you do like like you're married put them well i mean you could actually do this because you have a kid but just put a car seat in the back of your i mean don't have your kid back there but just have just have an empty car seat and be like oh yeah my wife's got the kids or whatever like i'm telling you dude like you think you find that like women want you more when you're married they do it's weird like a home so you're talking about like a home attracting like a home wrecker whore Right? Exactly, but but uh, there's no there's no home to actually wreck. You just I get never the benefit. About yeah. this. That's brilliant. I'm telling That's you, good. I'm telling you, where it's good, dude. Go, okay, guys got to do that with these. Like they got to find the home wrecker hose now, huh? D- dude, uh, I forget what it's called, but go on Reddit. Go to I think it's called like R slash slut confessions. Yeah, yeah, they're all dude. They're the 19, 20 year olds. They're all on there and uh, the girls, and they'll they'll tell you what that's what they're looking for. So I'm just telling you. So like, like you gotta like. So what you need to do is you gotta go even further and like have like uh, wedding photos of like a woman that you could do that doesn't exist made up where you guys are like and the kids and stuff, and then like get uh, you gotta go to the store and buy like women's clothes and put them in your closet yeah so like your yeah. wife's clothes and then like decorate your room you can't have like horror movie posters right. all over no you no, have, no like live love laugh right. stuff like and candles and shit right around like it looks like yeah. a woman's stuff just go to target the the picture frames the ones that have like kids and like I'll women in them just just put, them. put those right there and then i just put my picture and the guy like the guy laughing on the beach yeah. and shit with his wife and then like i just put yeah. my picture i cut my picture out and put it over top of his face okay. yeah you, you just you just get a picture like at your family reunion or something you stand <laughs> next to your female cousin and have her like look away from the camera and you look in the camera and put that it, I'm telling you, man. Like it's it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> and the thing is, is like there's there's nothing bad about it because even if it's an illusion, like they're still getting what they want. They're still getting their fantasy fulfilled. Spoken like a true experienced pro that's done this. But, uh... I'm just hey, I'm just offering advice, okay? Like a lot of people will tell you stupid shit, like go to the gym, get some confidence. Yeah. Like you, I mean, yeah, we all need to get a little bit healthier, get a little, you know, I mean, whatever. But it's just like. If you want, if we want quick results, if you ain't looking for a two-year process, if you want something to be happening a week from now, like I'm just telling you, this is that is genius. I like that. Like yeah. I, I might try this just to see yeah. if I can find. I don't know though. Like I don't know if I want to attract some crazy home record diabolical hole. Like I've already had. But a- but 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 that's the brilliance of it, Bat. Is like you always make excuses about why you can't. Tell them where you live. Up at your house, like try to bust you out to the to an imaginary wife and stuff, and then you're gonna have them doing all crazy shit, and the neighbors are gonna be like, "What the fuck is going on?" (laughs) Tell me. I'll give it a whirl. I'll try it out. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll see if it works in the next. I'll, I'll put it this way: There's a reason why rich guys who are single always have a second apartment. It's, they have a house and they have an apartment. Single. Well, they're rich, dude. Like they yeah. can do that. Let's go when they're like drinking in that neighborhood. They can just go over there and pass right. out at that place. I, yeah. I don't know about that, but 
<laughs> Powerball, I think, is up to 263. I bought a ticket the other night. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. didn't win. So. I bought a Mega Millions, too, as well. So. Okay, we're on the same wave path. Like, I'm we're, getting we're, desperate we're... again here, but like I like I said, I just got the I got that account that I'm you know is gonna be setting me for the win. yeah when that comes through. Like, yeah, but it ain't no fucking millionaire. Like I still and plus I still no. gotta work, baby. Like yeah, you still gotta do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you win the Powerball, whatever. That's like that's my dream. Like <laughs> you know, I'm gonna work, but now, now I'm gonna be like fucking. Now I'm gonna be like uh well not like this too super like forceful sleazy but i'm gonna be yeah. like the harvey weinstein of michigan or whatever like to be like nothing illegal yeah. you know but it's you know. it's not it's not if it's when and uh when it does happen like you'll become a guru on youtube like all these guys like andrew tate and shit but but instead instead of teaching weird alpha male game we'll be teaching sleaze right. team game we'll bring we're bringing sleaze, weinstein sleaze. in california yeah, sleaze that died out in the late seventies on Forty Second Street will be back and alive, perf- perforating all the airwaves of the internet, and the information will be handed down to a new generation of men and women because women are involved in the sleaze too. Everybody forgets right. that. Oh yeah, they're sleaze. Don't don't let them fool you. They're like way hornier than guys are. They way, way. That's why the wedding ring works. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try that. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, just go to a pawn shop and get one. Get one of those ones that like uh, that are like the fake titanium ones, just a black band. Don't don't get a gold one. That that's like obvious. Nobody wears that anymore. Right. Get get the black like fake titanium band. Just get one for like sixty bucks. Those, I mean, it's really just uh, the cheap ones are just uh, stainless steel painted black. That's what you I, get. I think that uh, 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 Palookaville star himself and some Gallo would appreciate your advice here, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, and then you'd be like, sell your cum. Yeah, sell your... A momentary shift, Jerry. A momentary shift. One semen sale, a million dollars. That's all we need, Jerry. He's like, I'm going to make another movie as soon as I sell my cum. Don't worry, guys. It's coming. Brown Bunny 2 in theaters everywhere next spring after I I just sell this cum. Who do you... Who would he get to suck it? Who's the hot upcoming starlet? Like, is it Scarlett Johansson? He would get the well, him the it, no, it, it has to be like how Chloe's doing. It has to be somebody from the independent film world. Like, well, if she old Scarlett Johansson was in fucking Ghost World, dude. Like, come yeah, on. but that was a long time ago. Dude. I know he should have got her to suck his dick. Like, right she's after. got too much money now. She ain't blowing yeah. Vincent Gallo at this point. Like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> maybe get maybe get somebody like really desperate whose career is failing. Like Brie Larson would do it. <laughs> It's it's gotta be it's gotta have the money shot at the end. Like yeah. it's basically it's basically like a remake of Brown Bunny, the yeah. original Brown Bunny, except he just gets a new girl to blow him and he's older. Yeah. And it's instead like, of being like a motorcycle race, he's like a race car driver this time or yeah. something. Or he drives street cars or something. <laughs> it's like the James Bond franchise of the art house world. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Top Gun 2 did really good at the box yeah. office. So now he's like fucking, he builds his own, he's like an amateur fucking jet pilot. Yeah. He built his own jet and stuff and he he just like drives around the country looking for like a place where he can take off the jet and test it out and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. So let's uh, let's cut it off there. So everybody, thank you for listening to three hours and two minutes of this white pea drenched episode of of the fairly innocuous, uh, you know, harmless 
'90s comedy Palookaville. We made it better with, with we, this we, whole yeah, outro seg. We made it better. We made well, we, better. we dropped a lot of knowledge. And like, yeah. A lot of people don't make it all the way in, but if you do make it in, you get a treat. Yeah, of some knowledge that can be applied to your life or really your friends' lives as well. I mean, so yeah, but just don't just just don't let the word get out to the neighborhood uh, come dumpsters because we don't want yeah. the scam to be exposed. Right. Yeah, because I mean, for the in order for this to work, it's got to be like a guy's secret, like inside yeah. gentleman's secret. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Until next time, we'll catch you back here in the movie graveyard. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.